Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. So we can let in the Spreaker chat room and Bill WD-40 can then lube us up for tonight's show. You'll see him pop up right about there in just a moment. All right, Stu Gerson, good to have you here. Jorgen Johansson wearing, oh, give me a Swedish player's, number 16, Per Ola Bressar, old jersey, from Lulea, Sweden. Uh, Kim Stanley, good to see you. TJ Trusty, welcome to SOR Chat. Greg.com, Maloney, how you doing, buddy? A dirty filth, nice to see you. Exiliocentric, welcome to the chat room. And who else do we have here? And let's see here, scrolling on down as we are running out of time. Jeff Steve Garvey, Digger Dog, good to see you guys. And uh, Philo Fire, it's been a while. Good to have you here, man. Deb from SAC, how you doing, my dear? And uh, let's see here. We're going to continue on. I'm probably going to run out of time here, so I'll say hello to the rest of you in the chat room. Johnny A, welcome to SOR Chance. Sundance Kid, same as you. The Super Chat is open. And if you want to go to our store on our website, spacedoutradio.com, we got a lot of cool stuff there for you as well. So we're going to have fun. Brian Stavely is coming in to talk Mandela Effect. The rest of you, do me a favor. Horns up. Let's rock. of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the news wire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. All right, let's kick things off here. We got a great show happening for all of you. We're going to talk about the Mandela Effect. Brian Stavely from Dose of Reality on YouTube is here tonight. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller is going to be here to say hello with another spooky story. Then Tim Senor joins us for the UFO Report. Rock and roll. Let's get right at it. Brian Stavely is a host of the YouTube channel and podcast Dose of Reality that delves deeply into the conspiracy called the Mandela Effect. Hey, what do you think? Are we misremembering history or is there something a little more weird going on where timelines have shifted and history really 
isn't what we remember. I like to keep the introductions nice and short, so that way we can get right to the story and the hardcore of it all. Brian Stavely, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good. What do you got, a live artist down here? I do. I have on my YouTube channel. Uh, people can watch our man, Dirty Filth, draw some really cool cartoons. So he'll be entertaining us while you're entertaining us, and it's going to be a great night, my man. All right, cool. That's new. I didn't see that the last time I was on. Cool. What's happening? Glad to be back, man. I've I've been on. This is my third time, I think. I always like coming on. It's always a good time. So uh, let's do it, man. Well, You're pretty good at the shout-outs. I, I shout everybody out, too, at the start of the show. Everybody. They love have it. to. You know what? These great people in our chat rooms and the people who are listening off in Radio Land, you know what? The one thing a person could give you, man, that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter about the donations or or the or whatever, the sharing on, on social media. It's the fact that they give you their time. Time is so finite. And the fact that people want to spend it with you or spend it with me or spend it with people doing what we do. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing thing that uh, that we're gifted with, man. Yeah, absolutely. So we have expanded a lot since you were last on the show. We've gained a couple more radio stations in Apache Junction, uh, Arizona, and in Vernal, Utah. And, you know, our audience and and our YouTube channel has grown significantly as well. So there might not be a lot of people on the other side of this YouTube channel that we are on right now as well live that actually are familiar with you. And and familiar, in that case, with the Mandela Effect. So let's learn a little bit about you, Brian. It might be old school for some people listening in, but for the new listeners, it's going to be a a real dose of reality, and I use that as a great pun. But uh, for you, how did you get into all of this? What started it? Uh, It started in, um, you know, people sometimes have this, you know, kind of awakening moment, or sometimes it's kind of like a gradual gradual thing. Uh, For me, it was kind of like an awakening moment, and I stumbled across a movie on Netflix that had to do with 9-11 that gave a totally different perspective than what the media was presenting. So that made me dive in all at that point right away in 2010. And right away, um, I kind of realized that I needed to be speaking out and have a show and everything. So I I built a podcast on my website. Um, I was taking phone calls and everything, you know, 12 years ago. Um, It was called The Real News Online that's still the name of the website. It's still up. All my links are on there and everything. Um, but <clears throat> I did that, you know, for a long time about till about 2014. So I was really into nine 11 and other, other conspiracies like that for a while. Then I took a break for a few years. And when I came back in 2017, I did a few uh, podcasts on nine 11. And then I got, um, you know, I was getting really into the Mandela act. Um, and I decided what happened is I did a, uh, a few round tables on somebody else's YouTube channel in the middle of 2018. And then I was like, you know what? I need to do my own videos. So then I just, I, st- and I always had a YouTube channel. I just didn't have any of my own content. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to go to YouTube now. And I always kind of stayed away from YouTube because I know how they, they, they are with their censoring and all that. Um, but middle of 2018, I started doing Mandela effect videos, um, I, I cover a lot of other topics as well. And I actually started by doing uh, what I call the My Awakening series, where I interview various people in the truth community and get their whole story from beginning to end. 
But I also started doing um, short videos on what I feel are some of the biggest Mandela effects out there. Some of like absolute slam dunk ones that for me are 100% changes in this reality. So like for people that hear of the Mandela effect, you know, <clears throat> there are definitely people that put stuff out there that, you know, isn't actually uh, a change. But there are definitely a slew of changes that affect every single person on this earth, guaranteed. Well, let's get right into it uh, now. And thank you for a great introduction to yourself there. You know, for people who may not understand what the Mandela effect is, it was named after former South African president Nelson Mandela and the conspiracy mm -hmm. about whether or not he had died in jail or did he actually become president of the country or prime minister, pardon yeah. me. You know, and there was a lot of people going back saying, you know, I thought he died back in prison. I thought I heard reports about that. Was I wrong? Was I misremembering? Let's look into the Mandela effect. How did it all start? Well, that's how the name that's how the name got coined for the way it got popularized in the media, you know? But people have been talking about this type of thing and noticing this type of thing way before then. I actually think it's a terrible name. Um you know, because it, it, it right away, it, it puts a character out there that a lot of people have polarizing views on and a lot of people get turned off by it right away. It really has not much to do with him at all. But the Mandela effect is it's a crappy term for the way in which our reality is operating. We live in a fluid reality where physical matter change retroactively all the way back to its origin point. That's what a real Mandela effect is. So if I tell you something is a change, like, say something, for instance, like Forrest Gump. If you ask people the famous quote from on the bench, life is like a box of chocolates, I'll tell you. My mama always said life is like a box of chocolates. Well, now it's life was like a box of chocolates. Now, what some people assume as well, there's people change the movie, re-release, all this. It's changed online. No, you go if you go back and pull any copy of your Forrest Gump out that you have, no matter how old it is, if it's sitting in your house, that quote is going to say it the new way. Life was like a box of chocolates. That's what a Mandela effect is. And that's happening endless amounts of times. It's happening throughout the Bible. It's happening throughout movies. There's historical inserts into this reality or timeline or whatever you want to call this experience. And I'm sure we'll get into some theories after. It's absolutely endless. And I, I saw that you put his history changing in the title. There is tons of history that's changing. Um, this it's it's the most famous things that everybody grew up with, like like Mr. Rogers. We'll start off easy for a minute. You know, everybody everybody my age grew up with Mr. Rogers and the song when he comes through the door. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He doesn't say that anymore. Now it says this neighborhood. It's like these changes are everywhere. <clears throat> it's incredible because. You know, before we get too heavy into it, there's a lot of controversy around this. I mean, you know, I had a guy jump into my chat room saying, well, this channel must, must be crap. And this was a couple days ago. If you're having Brian Stavely, that nut bar Brian Stavely on, yeah. you know, I mean, people like you who point out these these changes to history. Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. Four juicy Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Garlicky buttered Texas toast. Crispy crinkle cut fries. Fresh coleslaw. And the secret shh, cane sauce that makes the perfect 
box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raising Cane's chicken fingers. One love. Are are ridiculed, are mocked, are are terrorized by trolls and and all sorts of stuff. How do you deal with with all of that controversy? Well, for a while, I would embarrass them. You know, I would you know point out how ridiculous they are because these people that deny that this is happening. If I was to ask them a few questions and have them answer, you know, I'll have them fill in the blanks because I don't lead people like some people say. Oh, these Mandela effect people. You know, they put ideas in your head or they give you multiple choice things. And I don't do that at all. You know, I make people tell me what they remember about something. Right. And these people that deny that this is happening or come at me. I've proven time and time and time again how highly affected they are by a slew of changes. I, I, I do this walking down the street. I mean, the other day I was at a meetup. Right. So this is something I want to talk about a little bit. I talk to people when I'm out, too. I don't just do it on YouTube. OK, so I had a meetup. I'm outside, and then I started yelling. And Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. And if you think otherwise, they'll tell you you're crazy like me. Like they said, a nut bar, right? Everybody I've ever asked knows that Ed McMahon worked for Publishers Clearinghouse, right? Well, he's never done that in this reality, if you're listening to the show right now. He's never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse ever in this reality. Yet every time I keep running into these situations, so I yelled at in the middle of the street, this guy froze, right? This is all on video, too, by the way, on my channel. This guy froze and said, what? Now, I've already said Ed McMahon and Publishers Clearinghouse, so I can't ask this guy, what company do you remember Ed McMahon working for? It wouldn't be an on, intellectually honest to me because I've already put the name out there, right, that it used to be. So I said to him, well, when I said Ed McMahon, I said, you remember Ed McMahon? He said, yeah. He said, "My, you know, I used to wait for the prizes. My grandfather thought he was going to win and da, 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 da. I said, okay, so I said Ed McMahon and published his clearinghouse. What image do you have of Ed McMahon? He said, well, I remember him going to people's doors with a giant check and balloons. Well, he's never done that now in this reality. And people act like we don't have any evidence. Ed McMahon himself did a commercial for freecreditreport.com shortly before he died. He was low on finances. It was highly publicized. Many people knew he wasn't doing that well in the end. So he did this crappy commercial where he did two rap songs with them. Ed McMahon, like 90 years old, right? Doing a rap song in 2009. And in the rap song, he's driving around in a white van and he's rapping about how he needs to go back to people's doors who he gave the giant checks to and collect them back. And he literally goes to their door, rings the bell and asks back for his giant check. In this, in this reality, he always worked for a different company that never brought checks to anybody's house. Like, it's just endless. Endless. And, it, and it's so strange because, you know, for a lot of people who are scientific-minded or believe that we are misremembering, what do you think is causing all of this? I mean, there I've heard theories that it, ha it goes back to 2012 in the Mayan calendar where there was a shift. I heard it was year 2000, you know, and everybody was worried about Y2K. What do you think's going on here? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of it is the creator reaching out to us and trying to point out a lot of things in this reality, trying to point out a lot of deception in this reality trying to put out, you know, um, direct messages of communication to us, like warnings, like let's talk about the Bible for a second. I mean, one of the biggest things that's in the Bible is, is Isaiah 11. Now, 
this is, again, I question people on the street. I talk to preachers that are waving the Bible on the street on video. Like, I'm really good at getting video of all this. Sometimes it's sloppy video because people don't know I'm recording or whatever all the time. But I record this stuff all the time. And, you know, every time I ever walk up to anybody or talk to anybody anywhere ever and ask them what animal lies down with the lamb in the book of Isaiah, well, they all say the lion. And that's a huge Mandela effect. And now it's the wolf that lies down with the lamb. Yet the amount of evidence that backs up. So first of all, if I would have lost 100 people in a grocery store and asked them this, I'm guaranteeing you well over 90% are going to say the lion. It's never been that now in this reality. It's been, always been the wolf. But yet there's depictions of lion laying with the lamb everywhere. Songs named after it. Bars and taverns named after it. Ministries named after it. This place, Ambassador College, that I have a book back here from because they have the lion and the lamb on their seal. They actually flew in the MGM lion to their property twice to film lion and lamb scenes from the book of Isaiah. I did a video earlier today. This guy, Henry Church Jr., who died just after 1900. It was like 1908 that he passed away. He had a lion and lamb huge monument that he carved out and put at his gravestone a few years before he died based on the book of Isaiah 11 where the lion lays down with the limb. Now it's always been the wolf. That's a big difference. And that's a universal Bible change. So people also say, well, there's so many versions of the Bible. Cool. Bring one. Bring one that says the lion and the lamb in Isaiah 11.6. You can't because they've all changed with that one. It's a universal change. It goes retroactively all the way back into the past. Just like the Lord's Prayer, if you remember, forgive us our trespasses and those who trespass against us, yes. you will not find that in any Bible in the world right now. You will not find it. No matter how old it is, dig it out of your basement. Really? Really. Where'd it go? It's been changed. Most most say, not the, the, the Lord's Prayer is still there. But most versions say sins and sinners or debts and debtors, and there's a couple other variations as well because there are so many versions. None of them say trespass and trespasses. And people will just say, oh, well, you just got that off a prayer book somewhere, and the, the excuses just start rolling out, right? Here's another one, the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. doesn't say that anywhere now. People will say, oh, well, that wasn't really in the Bible then. No, it's actually still in there. But it says, do to others as you would have them do to you. The word unto is not there. Well, why do we remember the word unto? Why do I remember four score and seven years ago, our forefathers from the Gettysburg Address, if the Gettysburg Address has never said forefathers now, and it just says our fathers. Go to the Gettysburg Address if you remember forefathers. Now it's just our fathers. Another huge Bible one that I don't want to forget is one that I've covered a lot. And we're not going to get into uh, some of these other topics in the last few years like we talked about. Um, but just before that all started, you know, uh, three years ago, a huge Bible passage changed. And this is one that I've shown. I tried to do a short video on this. It ended up being three and a half hours long because of all the pastors and preachers everywhere and everybody in the truth movement and all these people on YouTube that all quote this over and over. It's Matthew eighteen twenty. Do you know what that is? No, fill me in. <laughs> I'm going to start our phrase and finish it. Okay. Where two or. I'm not that familiar with the Bible, man. 
Okay, no, that's cool. But there are people that are thinking about it, as I said it. So it's used to say where two or more gather in my name, there I will be in the midst. Now it says wherever two or three gather, there I will be in the midst. As in what? Four people, the presence of God won't be there? Is this a limited gathering? So there's all these sorts of changes that are undeniable. Like if you would ask, I know you're in Canada, but if you ask anybody in America what the DEA stands for, without hesitation, they're going to tell you the Drug Enforcement Agency. It's never been the Drug Enforcement Agency now in this reality. It's always been the Drug Enforcement Administration. It's wild. It just goes on and on. There's so many changes. It's so undeniable to me. And there's, there's geographical changes that are huge. There's personal changes that we've all had. It, it's our reality is in flux. And there's loads of proof of it. You really have to bury your head in the sand to deny that there's any changes that affect you. Look at airplane engines, people. Take a look at a commercial airliner. The engines are hanging off the front of the wings now. They used to be under the wing in my reality. <laughs> now they don't even look structurally sound. Yet other than one 737 model exception, this goes all the way back on all the commercial airliners. And if you have pictures of yourself on a runway in front of one of these planes, maybe you were seeing your family off or whatever, your photograph's going to be changed. And the engine is going to be hanging off the front of the wing. I want to ask you in regards to the Bible, because yeah. it is the longest and oldest book in print. Could it not yeah. be, and not that I'm, I'm I'm testing your your thoughts here, but could it not be that you know people try and change it to a new brand of English to make it more of to, what to, people today talk like rather yeah. than people of yesteryear. And I went back, you can go back to the original, like the Greek and the Hebrew, and it's all changed all the way back for all the verses I just talked about, all the way back, before they even had the Bibles of today. So it says two or three in the Greek. It says the wolf now. And and the other thing, too, is people watch the change jokes that they've already had in their home. So if somebody has a Bible in their house for 10 years, even 20 years, whatever, right? And they've, they've read their Bible, and they know that it was the lion and the lamb. Their own Bible now says wolf. So that takes out the equation of that maybe the Bible has changed. It's, it's been in their possession the entire time. And to add more to that, that one actually changed incrementally. So it changed in the King James first. So then when people, we would tell, not we, I wasn't really talking about it then. But when people would tell people about it, well, they would come back and say, look, it still says lion and lamb in NIV or whatever, for example, right? And so oh, there must be something wrong with the King James, right? Well, then what do you know? They all change. And everybody observed this happen. But, of course, the people will still deny it and, you know, act like they never had those conversations. But, yeah. No, true. Very true enough. You know, the one reason why I love this subject. Four juicy Raisin Cane's chicken fingers. Garlicky butter Texas toast. Crispy crinkle cut fries. Fresh coleslaw. And the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raising Cane's chicken fingers, one love. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations.
subject is because I actually have a Ford key. And Mm -hmm. I had a listener send this to me long before I met you. And we were doing a Mandela effect. Now, this key is very worn out. But the Ford, the F on the Ford, which everybody knows has a little curly Q on the end. This old, old Ford key, uh, it does not have the curly Q on it. And Ford states that the curly Q has always been there. Yep. Always. And it looks ridiculous to me and to so many other people now. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, the Volkswagen is a huge one. And I have a personal story. I mean, I can tell real quick. I mean, I owned a Volkswagen. I mean, my first brand new car, two minutes. All right, the Volkswagen logo, in my reality, the V and the W were merged. Now there's this huge break in it. And there's a lot of residue for this one because Volkswagen's like this big cultural thing and people have emblems of it on their neck, like the Beastie Boys had one. Uh, this artwork of it, people make tattoos of it. Okay, I remember the V and the W emerged. It wasn't broken on the back of my car. It, now it's always been broken. That's a, it's a big deal for me. And also there used to be two spellings of Volkswagen. There used to be W-A-G-O-N in America and W-A-G-E-N in Germany. And when I used to look for parts, you know, I would have to know what I was looking for based on my American car if I was looking at a parts catalog. Now it's always been E-N worldwide. And we'll talk more about Germany after because there's a lot of Germany historical insertions, including a few more since the last time we talked that um, we can really get into. Well, uh, big with, German with one minute to go here, Brian, before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. We have to also get into, you know, t- you know, we briefly touched on the timeline. Do you think a timeline was broken? Is that what you're thinking? No, I think it's one reality that's in flux, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't think we're jumping timelines um, because we have all this residue here. We have all this evidence here. So if the Mandela effect was caused from us coming from a different timeline or a different Earth or one of these ideas, why do we have all the physical evidence here? It shouldn't be here, but it is here along with everybody's memories. And everybody that's here has the same memories. I know when people first start to look at this, even when they first get into it and realize it's happening, you're under the idea that not everybody's affected. No, every here has been going through what we've been going through. And they have the same memories as us, almost down the line. Awesome. Awesome. Brian, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour from the YouTube channel. And podcast Dose of Reality, Brian Staveley is here, and we are talking about the Mandela Effect. If you want to know what it is, remember thinking about things, and you're like, hey, that just wasn't right. I remember this differently as a kid. That's what we're getting into tonight. Brian Staveley, one of the best when it comes to this subject. You are listening to Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. We'll be back with the second half hour of this show right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Uh, so thank you so many people for coming in here for what could be your first time, maybe, or whatever. We do things a little bit different here because we're not only a live podcast, we're a live YouTube and Twitch channel, but we are also a live radio show. And 
so what and what I mean by live is we're live to tape on radio. So this show will play tomorrow night on our terrestrial radio affiliates. So we have to time everything out to our commercial breaks with the radio stations. So you guys get a little bit of a behind the scenes look of what we're doing, like Dirty Filth right there and his cat Blob, who loves to hang out and and uh, while Dirty is uh coloring his and, and creating his amazing cartoons. Uh, so enjoy Blob, everybody. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have some fun. If you don't mind and you like what you hear so far, take the time to hit subscribe if you haven't already. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. And, uh, you know, we're not as highly controversial as what Brian does, but we love our woo around here. We love the woo, and we love the stories. So thank you so much for tuning us in, everyone, and I hope you really enjoy uh, what we do here tonight. And, uh, yeah, Brian is quite a, an amazing talent and a good friend of this show. So, uh, yeah, so we'll relax. Our breaks at the bottom are about five minutes, and our breaks at the top of the hour are six minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's what we do around here. I'm going to say hello to everybody who I haven't said hello to. Uh, Mr. Gray Owl, good to have you back. And who else has snuck in here? Hadley, nice to see you. And let's see here. Uh, Derek Galloway, thank you so much for kicking off the Super Chat there, Derek. Very much appreciate your love and support. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Uh, Fiona Broom, uh, there's a, a dirty. There is a, a recommendation right there if you want to write it on down. I know he's listening. He's like, sure, okay. Now he'll turn his microphone on. And maybe not. There Sorry. He I... There he is. Fiona Broom. I apologize. I know. I'm writing it down for you, buddy. He's writing it down, everybody. How's Blob doing? She's hijacked the show, apparently. I know. We love Blob around here. You know that. Yep. All right. Hi, Derek Nings. How you doing? And who else is joining? World News from around the world. Welcome to SOR Chat. And who else do we have here? Let's just hop in. Chico from Phoenix. How you doing, buddy? Been a while. Richard Elmore, good to see you. And if you can, if you haven't already, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways, whatever you prefer. Really helps with our algorithms. And don't forget after the show to leave a comment. Tell us what you think. We'd appreciate it. And uh, Alien Believers, nice to see you. And who else do we have here? Star Scarred, nice to have you back. And the chat room is rocking tonight. Glenn from Boston, welcome to SOR Chat. And we got about two minutes here, guys. Uh, preliminal welcome to SOR chat. Let's see here. Who else do we have here? One eighty. Welcome to SOR chat. Dogface Simon. Good to see you. Susan B. Welcome. And okay. I think we're caught up. Ryan Holtman. Good to have you back. Corey Cole. Nice to see you. TCR44, welcome from Fargo, North Dakota. Good to have you here. Look at Blob. Hey, Blob, how you doing? 
Give her a little pet Lobby, for us. Lobby, what are you doing? Give her a little pet for us there. Oh, we can hear some purring. She's a cat of few words. Very true. Very true. Uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, I will be attending UFOCon 2023 in San Francisco, California. And you could go to UFOCon2023.com, get your tickets today if you want to hang on out with some of the best in ufology. And on May 19th through 21st, it's our second annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party at the Golden Nugget Casino. We're trying to get Brian to come down for that. He may he may come to that. And uh, everybody's invited. It's nice and cheap. Tickets are on sale. You can check the, the green ticker down below. And uh, it's $60 per ticket. Or 100 if you want a VIP package. Hi, Mennonite Abe. VIP gets a VIP night and a big swag bag from us. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Ten seconds here, uh, Dirty. I'm going to put you on mute. And uh, we're going to go back here. And here we go, everyone. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, let's continue on. Controversial subject tonight on the big show. Brian Staveley from Dose of Reality is here, and we are talking about the Mandela Effect. We learned a little bit last half hour what it was all like, so if you missed that part, you're going to have to listen to the podcast or just hit rewind on the YouTube channel when you want to check that on out. Uh, Brian, welcome back, my man. Hey, thank you. Can I uh, can I say something that would be a little weird, right? Like, sure. if I would have asked a hundred people a hundred people a question, and they all answered with the wrong answer, and it was like thirty percent of them all answered with the wrong answer, and it wasn't a multiple choice question, and they all had the exact same answer, that would be a little weird. But what we have actually, like again, let's say I locked a hundred people in a grocery store, and I asked them the famous quote. That Snow White, Snow White, the witch says in Snow White into the mirror. One hundred of those people are going to say mirror, mirror on the wall. One hundred of the people, and if not a hundred, ninety-five percent of the hundred people, ninety-five out of a hundred people are going to say mirror, mirror on the wall. It's never been mirror, mirror on the wall now in this reality. Okay, so why would damn near a hundred percent of the people? all give the exact same answer and it's all wrong. And anybody listening to this right now, I didn't even have to quiz you and say, what do you remember? I already know what you remember. And you do too. Be honest with yourself. Don't throw away your senses because you're told that this can't happen. You know it was mirror, mirror on the wall. Not only that, you know who else knows it was mirror, mirror on the wall? Walt Disney himself in 1955 on video 
quoting his own movie, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, but now it's always been Magic Mirror on the Wall. Disney just put out a movie the other day, not the other day, a couple months ago, called uh, Disenchanted with live-action people playing out parts of these characters. Twice in that movie, the live-action person quoting their own product, their own franchise, says Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, but it's Magic Mirror now. Now, you want to talk about significant residue besides what I just gave you at Walt Disney, besides the fact that if I locked 100 people in the grocery store, every single person remembers Mirror Mirror. It's never been that. We're supposed to just ignore all that when I told you what a Mandela effect is. When something changes, the physical matter changes, and it changes retroactively all the way back into the past. So every copy of that movie now says Magic Mirror. It doesn't matter how old it is. You can't you pull it out. It's going to say Magic Mirror, not Mirror Mirror. But that movie's worldwide. It's dubbed over in other languages. And what's a dubbed over movie? Well, that's not the original soundtrack, okay? And in other languages like German, Italian, Russian, I believe, that Snow White movie with the person that's reading the script back when they dubbed over the movie, it still says Mira Mira in there because that's what it was. Same thing with the Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump in these other languages Still says life is like a box of chocolate. In German, they say life is like a box of chocolates. Not was. And it didn't change with the Mandela effect. It remains as the residue. Never mind the fact that the merchandise for Mira Mira is just all over the place. Like, there's too many of these to deny. It's like, how many are you going to deny just because you want to protect your precious paradigm of reality? Like, our reality is, it's definitely in flux. I mean, for me, that's without question at this point. So people can get triggered. I don't understand why it's such a triggering topic to people. Like, you're going to have to deal with it. There's more than the physical. There is the supernatural. It's not just the physical realm. Even. We're witnessing the supernatural in real time. You know what's funny I'll is, take a breath. is I actually had my, my mother-in-law over for a, a week, and yes, I survived, uh, just so you know. I, I did survive. And the funny part about it is we were talking about you coming on the show and she asked me, well, what's the Mandela effect? And I started telling her and, and the one that gets me, Brian, is the fact that I remember the movie Shazam. I never saw it because I thought, uh, I thought that uh, Sinbad, the comic was extremely not funny. Like we're talking Bob Saget, like Bob Saget, Rosie O'Donnell, not funny. Okay, and and yet now that movie was never made. It never happened. The closest to it was Shaquille O'Neal's movie Kazam. But Shazam with Sinbad, the comic never happened. And we're supposed to just ignore that. And how many of these are going to pile up before you're going to say, wow. This thing is actually real. The, literally, the movie doesn't exist. It's never existed in this reality. And Sinbad, whether he's in on it or he's seriously triggered because he honestly doesn't remember, I mean, he's got way overboard to troll the Mandela Effect community to the point they even made a fake video uh, that they put out on April Fool's in 2018 where he dressed up as the genie and they made this fake video and they put all this fake Mandela Effect residue all throughout the video so people would run with it, you know? Uh, it's wild, dude. There's so many changes. And that one's a really crazy one because that one just completely disappeared from reality. But the and f- and so many of us have the same anchor memory of when the Shaq one came out two years later. Because yeah. we thought, what a ripoff of Shazam! Absolutely. Why would they do that? And you know what's funny is my mother-in-law is 79 years old, 
and she remembers the commercials and the advertisements at the video stores for this movie that didn't happen. Yeah, and I bet you she, if you ask her, you know, and I probably should have prefaced it a little better when I said that out early. Everybody, if you're honest with yourself, you do remember Mirror Mirror. I don't have to, to, to even ask you, but that's not even the only part that changed about it. So it's I saw people tighten in the chat. I remember Mirror Mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. It's not of them all anymore either. It's who's the fairest one of all now. So it's got two changes in it. And it's funny because when articles come out and try and debunk us, it's always been Magic Mirror. They forget about the second part and they don't realize it. And they, they put the old way right in their article trying to debunk the Mandela effect. And we just laugh at them. It's a joke, dude. I mean, come on, man. Oh, I hear you. It, it Wizard is- of Oz, dude. When, when she, if anybody's watched Wizard of Oz, when the witch lets the flying monkeys out of the cage, what does she say? Fly, fly. If away. you remember, fly, fly, fly my, my pretties fly. Yeah, fly my pretties fly, yes. Not anymore. Now it's just fly, 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 which is crazy. Totally remember fly my pretty fly. And at the end of the movie, paid no attention to the man by curtain is what the wizard said. Now it says pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Now, I know that's just a movie change, but we did talk about Bible changes earlier, and we can get to geography, and we're going to get to history and all that. But this is physical matter that you can check. You know, like, you can check. So if you remember Mirror Mirror on the wall, and you think we're just full of it, then go and pull out your recording of it. You're going to see what's going to happen. It's going to say Magic Mirror. It doesn't matter how long you've been holding on to it. Now, weren't weren't there a bunch in the movies Back to the Future as well? bunch of Mandela effects. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the biggest one for me in Back to the Future that's completely ridiculous, I want you guys to think, if you remember the opening scene, Marty goes to Doc's house, and he goes to hook up the guitar, and he blows the amp. And picture in your mind what that guitar looked like. And if you go and look at it now, and you haven't in a while, it's going to blow your mind, because it used to be like a regular-size electric guitar to my memory. Now it's like this little yellow thing. It looks almost like a ukulele, dude. It's completely ridiculous, man. Completely ridiculous. I know. It just... Flux capacitor. The flux is an interesting one with Back to the Future, and I do have a Back to the Future video on my channel. So I have a list of Mandela Effect, shortlist I call it. I have 123 videos that I consider my biggest changes, and I cover one in each video and break it down. I have one that covers Back to the Future movie. The flux capacitor is now reversed of what it was. So, and, and so, like, what's really funny is, do you remember the scene where Doc Brown is is uh, it's raining out, and it's in Back to the Future Two, right? I think it's in Back to No, it's in Back to the Future One. Marty goes back to the past. He tries to convince Doc that, hey, you built the time machine in the future. I need your help, right? And Doc like slams the door in his face and all that. And then, like, later on in the night, Doc meets Marty out, like, where they're going to, uh, where, the, where he has the DeLorean hidden, and it's raining, right? And he opens the doors for the DeLorean for Doc to see the flux capacitor, right? And the flux capacitor is pointing in one direction, but now opposite of what Doc holds up when he holds the diagram. And there's residue for this ev- everywhere. So where it used to go, I don't remember if it went from, like, this from the one to the two stem or from the two stem to the one. It's been a while since I looked at it. But now when Doc holds up the diagram of the flux capacitor, and he's like, I, 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 you know, I know I built it. It works. It works. You know, his image is opposite of the orientation of the flux capacitor. And his image that he's holding up 
has written text on it. So people say, well, maybe the image is upside down. So there's like a lot of little changes like that. But that's kind of a significant one because, you know, if we're talking about the Mandela effect and what's going on with time and everything and, and the flux capacitors upside down could be some sort of symbolism, just like, you know, or a warning, just like, you know, the wolf is now dwelling with the lamb instead of the lion laying with the lamb in the Bible, you know? Very true. Or, or yeah. Very, very true. So you want to hear something crazy? Well, before we do, I, I, for, I, for our audience, yeah. I, I want you to describe, because you've used the term residue a lot here. I, I'm, yeah. Could you define that for us? So when the Mandela effect changes, right? is all the other physical evidence around it that doesn't change. So, for instance, I talked about Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers used to say it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Now it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Well, go look at damn near every parody that's ever been done, uh, whether it's uh, Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live, Johnny Carson, all these people. They're all, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? That's residue. That's residual evidence that's left over, you know? Uh, We use things like, newspapers.com where you can go back in hundreds of years of archives. So like when these changes happen, whether it's a, a Bible change or whatever, you can go back and see all of this stuff that still remains in the newspaper as, as residual evidence. Um, that's what residue is. Or you go back through, like for instance, right now, anybody that's listening, if I was to ask you what the most famous brand of avocado is, what would you say? And I'll give everybody a second. And if you want to know, well, what do you mean? It begins with an H. Okay. So everybody's going to tell you it's Haas Avocados, H-A-A-S. Now, Haas Avocados has never existed, and it's always been Haas, H-A-S-S, okay? And which also means the guy, Rudolf Haas, that it was named after, his name changed, his entire family name changed, another German Mandela effect, by the way. Now it's always been Haas Avocados. Now, you want to talk about residual? How about this? For whatever reason, I actually have something that shouldn't even exist. This spelling has now never existed in this reality. And for whatever reason, this bag didn't change. Okay? And and this is official. And and what's interesting is saw this on a Kroger website, which is a grocery store down here in the States, right? And I tried to buy it and I tried to order it and it wouldn't let me get it delivered. And then it said, sorry, the product doesn't exist. I was surprised to even see an image of it because photographs of Mandela affected things changed with the item. So when I tried to order it, it redirected me to the new spelling, H-A-S-S. Sent people to grocery stores, two different grocery stores, and one came back with one spelling, one came with the other. Yet in this reality, this shouldn't even exist. We're told it's always been H-A-S-S. It's never been Haas in this reality. Yet if you go right now to Walmart, um... I think Kroger's, but if you go to Walmart, for sure, their POS system, even though all the displays, all the stickers on the avocados will say H-A-S-S, right? Their register and their computer system hasn't taken the Mandela Effect update yet, and it still says H-A-A-S on the receipt. There's other ones like that. So here's another one, right? The famous author that wrote the Peanuts series. I want you guys to think of you know who he is. His name is Charles. Do you know what his last name was? Schultz. Thank you. Schultz. His name has never been Schultz now. Now his name is Charles M. 
Shells. The T has disappeared from his name. Now, if you were to Google it, if you were to Google who is the Peanuts, this is interesting, right? If you were to Google who is the Peanuts author, right? It's going to tell you Charles M. Shells. No T. New reality. If you do it on your phone, at least as of a few weeks ago, last time I made a video on this, if you do it on the phone and, and you speak to Google and you ask them the session and your phone speaks back to you, the voice through Google hasn't taken the update yet and will repeat it back to you as Charles M. Schultz. He's never had the T in his name now, though. So there's still residue within Google's voice system that hasn't updated yet. Now, what do you mean by Charles M. Schultz? Dude. What do you need? What do you mean by update? The the Mandela update. So the update when it comes in and changes the official record of everything. So, like, if you were to look for anything, including, say, you, the, the, he had an airport named after him, right? That's changed. All the, the monuments of, of anything to do with him have changed. Every freaking book that Charles M. Schultz wrote now says Charles M. Schultz on it with no T. Doesn't matter how old it is, okay? So that's the one main thing. All that changes at once with the Mandela effect, right? But then some of these other systems, like... They take a little while to update between between the Google or maybe in between all the um, the media or whatever. It doesn't all happen at once. That's what I mean by the update. Gotcha. It was 100% Charles M. Schultz. That's one of the earlier videos I made. There's so much residual evidence of Charles M. Schultz. You go, it's crazy, dude. He just lost a T in his name. Another one like that, too. And that's another German one. A very same patent. The famous toy store that's in the movie Big with Tom Hanks in New York City. Do you know what it's called? Oh, my goodness. I can see it. I loved that movie as a kid. Well, I'll tell people it was F.A.O. Schwartz. But now F.A.O. Schwartz is F.A.O. Schwartz. Another one that ended in T.Z. But T in this reality all the way back into time. Retroactively all the way back. So any official thing from them is going to be completely changed. All the way back to the past. I'm a diehard sports fan. I always have been. Are there any Mandela effects regarding sports? Yeah. I got one for you. What do you remember visually about the Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield air bite fight? Like, what do you remember going going down? Visually? I actually watched that fight live. And watching Tyson go nuts in the ring and, and Hollyfield grabbing his ear and the referee. I mean, I mean, the fight was just getting good and wild when the referee called that, uh, that fight uh, and disqualified Tyson. I'll tell you what I'll remember. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, talk you into my memory or whatever. I'll just tell you what I remember. And many people remember and what it is now. So what I remember is when Tyson bit his ear and he didn't bite his whole ear off. I know it was, it was just a portion of the ear, but it was a significant portion. When he bit it off, he spit a piece of that ear on the mat, and the camera panned down to that. And that's completely gone now. That doesn't happen. Now when he bites his ear, it's just like there's a little tiny stream of blood coming off his ear, and that's all you really see. And the whole ending of the fight is, like, completely different for me. Oh, here's another one. I got another one for you, too. Babe Ruth, Right? is iconic for the pointing the bat and the called shot. Okay. It's mimicked all the time. We always did it as kids. We would point the freaking wiffle ball bat, the baseball bat to the bleachers. It was imitated in many movies and everything like the movie, the sandlot. 
now he's never done that this video now of it and it's not a bat and he just kind of goes like this with his finger towards the pitcher and it's not even a bat point to the crowd so the whole babe ruth bat thing has never happened now and what's really interesting is there's a guy i think it was like lefty grove there's another uh sports guy and this is a long he died a long time ago maybe 20 30 years ago and he did this interview before he died and he was talking about the bat point and he was like yeah he pointed at but I think for some reason people in the future will like argue that or whatever. Like it was really creepy what he said, dude. And I don't know what's like I used to see that there's a lot more that people talk about. Just like people ask me about changes in video games. There's definitely Mandela effects in video games, but I don't play video games anymore. I know there's a big one in Call of Duty that people talk about this sign that popped up on a map that was never there. And yes, it's on their hard copies of the game, not just an online map. Uh, online lobby that people are going into so there's definitely that that goes on too i mean there's changes i mean all the brand changes uh are they're all gigantic you know like i I do a show with a guy named nathan sanders a lot right brilliant guy and he's been trying to wake his sister up to years and it took the spelling of a diarrhea medicine for lack of a better word emodium id uh it lost an m i guess and that is what woke her up when she saw that it was spelled differently in her purse, Chick-fil-A, C-H-I-C, 100% it was spelled C-H-I-C. Now it's always been C-H-I-C-K. Go on YouTube. There's a fad that goes around where people eat chicken sandwiches at like Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, and Wendy's. And so many of them have their videos titled C-H-I-C, Chick-fil-A. Now it's always been C-H-I-C-K in this reality. There's so many of these changes. It's absurd to deny that it's happening absolutely absurd the monopoly man has never had a monocle in this reality you know he's always had one in mind yeah dude that one's ridiculous ridiculous there's a scene in ace ventura too where this guy comes down the stairs and and ace ventura is like you must be the monopoly man and he starts beating the crap out of the guy the only feature that guy had on was a monocle he didn't even have a cane. He didn't have a top hat. He just had a monocle. Bald guy with a monocle. Why would they call him Monopoly Man if the Monopoly Man's never had a monocle? And I knew the Monopoly Man had a monocle long before Ace Ventura 2, if I even saw Ace Ventura 2. We got two and a half minutes before we need to go to break at the top of the hour. Brian S. Stavely talking about the Mandela effect here. Now, getting back to sports here, wasn't there something with the Heisman Trophy? College oh, dude, that's a huge top, one. I'm glad you brought up the college football top player. Yes, people picture the Heisman, the Heisman pose. So what it is, it's like MVP for college football in the United States. The pose used to be like this. Um, I have my virtual camera on. Crap, I got to shut that off. But my knee, one leg up with that hand out to the side, that's what the trophy looked like. When these players are getting touchdowns and interceptions and big plays near the end of the season, and they're in the running for this award, to do a celebration, no matter what that celebration usually is, they'll do the Heisman pose. They're like, look at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the MVP. I'm going to win the Heisman. Now the Heisman pose, the trophy itself, going all the way back, both feet on the ground, and the hand is like this. I brought this up because I forgot, and I have a video on it. It's huge. They even still do commercials. I mean, they did like a Toyota commercial last year called the Heisman House. All four of these football players that are in the commercial get out there and they go like this. And it's never been that now. It's always been both feet on the ground and like this. 
the trophy looks completely ridiculous, guys. Look at the Heisman Trophy. Looks completely ridiculous. Tons of statue changes, though, like other statues. You know, like the Thinker statue is a huge one. And we've watched that incrementally change, and, and it's crazy. There's a whole field trip of kids that took a photo around it. They're all posing the way that it used to be around the statue. But the picture of the statue and the picture behind them is in a completely different orientation, though. And there's other examples of this at the think at different Thinker statues around the world with people posing the wrong way, which is completely different than the way it is now. And we can talk about that break if you want. Oh, we can talk about a lot of stuff. What do you enjoy the most? 30 seconds here. What do you enjoy the most about finding these Mandela effects? Well, I I just, you know, like I believe you and a lot of things you look into, you want to know what this place is. You want to know the wonders of this reality. And for me, this is the most fascinating thing. And I mean, we we could, and we don't have enough time, but we could go on for five, six hours and I could throw so many changes out there where it would just overwhelm people and they'd have to accept that you know that some of these are affecting you. Although, now you, what you have to do, people, is, you know, don't let ones you don't agree with deter. We're not saying we all see all the exact same things. We see most of them. The fact is, though, that reality fucks and there's a bunch that affect you. I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We have Brian Stavely for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio from the YouTube channel Dose of Reality and the podcast of the same name. We are talking the Mandela Effect. We will return with more of these strange occurrences right here on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. And uh, we're going to turn it over to Dirty Filth here for a little bit. Uh, while we take a break here. So for people who are new here, uh, we are a, uh, a, uh, uh, we're a combination of a YouTube channel, uh, a live podcast, and a radio show because we are on terrestrial radio. We have to time everything out regarding our radio station. So if you're not used to it or you're like, hey, what the hell are these guys doing? Taking breaks here. That's why we have to do it. So Dirty Filth here, he's our resident cartoonist. He's drawn a cartoon. You can get his uh, calendar. You can get his book that he has out on Amazon. He's going to tell you all about it. Take it away, Dirty.
right. We got about 90 seconds here. Cool. Hey, scowling Greg O'Brien. How's your scowl tonight? Can't wait to meet you in Vegas, buddy. Jurassic Joey, how you doing? Let's give a quick rundown. Did I miss anybody else here? Hi, amazing Kira. Uh, Karen Dahlman, Karen A. Dahlman, check your uh, Facebook messenger if you don't mind. And Blue Cruise, good to see you. <coughs> Big Titty Twinkies, how are you? And uh, who else is here? Angela Krause, nice to see you back. Boy, the chat room is moving tonight. Brian, they love you, man. They love you. Glenn from Boston. Good. Good. I, I like coming on, dude. I really do. You, you're a talented host, and I appreciate it. Thank that. you. So I, I love coming on. Uh, the Michael Leger. Thank you again for the lovely. Check this out. Michael Leger, the guy in the chat room, carved that Sasquatch head for me. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty proud. Pretty proud. Hey, don't forget, I will be in San Francisco March 17th through 19th. Uh, I will be the host of UFOCon 2023. You can get your tickets at UFOCon2023.com. Hi there, Miss Dill Pickles. And don't forget, if any everybody's invited, we got our Vegas party right here. Check the ticker right below. Uh, everybody's invited to the Golden Nugget May 19th through 21st for our second annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party. We'd love to see you all there. We're going to see if Brian can make it for us. Here we go, everyone, with hour number two. Right now. You know, I really might show up, so. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet. We call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Rabble. Rabble is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Second hour with Brian Staveley from Dosa Reality YouTube channel and podcast. We're talking about the Mandela Effect. What is it? Well, many people believe timelines have been switched along the last 20 or 30 years. Do you believe it? Do you remember movie lines that no longer exist? Brian, thank you so much for joining us, my man. Thank you, man. And I'd, I'd like to take it to something a little more serious now that we kind of gave people a little intro. And we can talk about other things, too. A whole bunch of people's names have changed, you know, logos for companies. It is absolutely endless as far as that goes. Um, but I would like to real quickly, if we could just touch on what really woke me up to the Mandela effect and really made me realize it was serious. Like I, I saw the Berenstein Berenstein thing early on. 
and people had presented it to me and I kind of got, I, I knew it was always Berenstein. Now in this reality, it's always been the Berenstein Bears, right? Um, but what happened is I got hit with um, JFK and the changes to JFK and the changes to geography. So maybe we can quickly talk about geography. That would be cool. And then we can get into some history if sure. that works for you. Let's go for it. So that's what's really, really mind-blowing in my opinion. So when I talk about geography, right, I understand that this – let's get some stuff square right now before we can get into it. I understand that maps are made for different reasons, different political reasons. I understand there's different projections of maps and globes, and people have different theories on what this place is. People have different ideas on what the imagery given to us is, whether it's real, whether it's fake. None of that is – and I know that they can update Google Earth. None of that applies to what I'm going to say right here. There are changes to the land masses. The land masses of the earth are in the wrong position. Not only that, people have risen from the dead, by the way, uh, for sure. (laughs) But we'll get to that after. There's so much that's going on here with this. The land masses of the earth are in the wrong place. So the the two that really blew my mind, if I were to ask you, people just listening, in relation to North America, where is South America? And, you know, you give people a second. And for me, I mean, what I remember is North America, South America was underneath North America, a little bit over to the right, but basically underneath North America and Central America came down to South America near the top left of it. And the Panama Canal connected the oceans and was east and west. And now if you were to look at any map, any globe, just online. One in your house, every single one, South America is about 15 miles out of where I remember it being. And it's so far over towards Africa now that Central America doesn't hit the top of it. It hits the west side of it. And the Panama Canal is like this. It's almost north and south. That is mind-blowing to me. So if you remember the Panama Canal being east and west and South America being underneath North America for the most part, guess what? It's never been that in this reality, and you can't find a map or a globe that shows otherwise. Then on top of that, one that's just as big for me is right next to it. So if I were to ask you what Cuba, uh, Cuba, what it looks like, it's, uh, you know, what its orientation is in relationship to Florida. And so many of us remember Cuba being a small island to the southeast of Florida. If you remember Cuba being a small island to the southeast of Florida, you better have a look at a map or a globe or whatever or go there. Because, yes, these are changes in reality, too, not just on the depictions of reality. Cuba is no longer a small island. In fact, Cuba is about as big as Florida. It's just on its side. And it's so far west now. It is still east, but it's so big and long now. It's so far west, it's almost connected to Mexico. That's gigantic for me. So if you remember it as a small island to the southeast of Florida, or you remember the Panama Canal east to west and South America underneath North America, you're highly Mandela affected. And the majority of people do remember that. Does it's the, mind-blowing. Does the Mandela effect affect everybody or is it just affecting certain people? Everybody. 
No, not every change is going to affect everybody, but if you put me in a room with anybody, let me have a conversation with them, and they'll they'll just at least answer what I'm going to ask them. I mean, I'll prove that uh, they're, they're affected by the majority of ones. I could come with 100 changes and show they're at least affected by 60 or 70 of them. Easy. Incredible. Incredible. That's my opinion. I know maybe not everybody agrees. That's my experience. I mean, I, I talk to people in the street all the time. I, I walk up, to, like I said, I walk up to preachers in Huntington Beach, right? And they're waving the Bible, talking about Jesus. And I said, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're talking about the Bible. I said, oh, I have an interesting take on the Bible. Yeah, you mind if you answer a couple questions for me? Oh, sure. And then I'll ask them. Matthew 18, 20. Three guys, separately, not even within hearing distance of each other, I asked them. All on video. With two or more gather in my name. I had them open up their Bibles in front of me on the street on video. And, of course, their Bibles say two or three. Every single one. Another huge one is another guy I approached. And he came at me with a Bible verse that I already know doesn't exist. I already made a video on it. And that's, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge has been changed in every Bible in the world. And most of them say destroyed. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. None say perish or perished. <clears throat> Everybody's affected. Especially the people that deny it. I, I made like a I made a, a for a couple of years pointing all these people out, but I don't I don't bother anymore. But everybody's affected. By a lot of them. I haven't met an uninfected person yet. Really? Yeah. That is uh, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible when it comes no. down to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find that... And I seen somebody in chat said, I need biblical discernment. My discernment is strong, brother. You remember my people perish for a lack of knowledge? You need the discernment and strength to look in your Bible and, 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 and realize that it's not in there. Neither is what two or more gather in my name. Neither is the lion and the lamb. Those are universal changes. I know the deal about different translations. I'm not a fool. I got all the bases covered. There are changes that are specific to the KJV, like the word planets being in, in, in uh, Kings 2, 23, 5. That wasn't there. Now in uh, Moses is carrying tables instead of tablets. There's a whole bunch of KJV-specific changes. And when I talk about that, I mentioned that they are KJV-specific changes. I know the difference. My discernment's strong. more talk about landmass i mean we talk about mexico we talk about cuba have any other land masses changed yes i'm just you know ones I, I i like to stick to ones that i'm really sure of but if you look at germany now germany looks completely ridiculous and has this huge northern coast it did not have this huge northern coast uh, you know wherever i come from or whatever now there's a lot of people that are really good with geography changes that cover a lot of different islands and things like this um i'm that you know, that's not really my strength. But one that really bothers me is Italy. So Italy, I remember Italy being a standing boot, right? If you look at Italy now, Italy is cocked back about, like, it's like a 50-degree angle. It's cocked back like this, and it has a high heel now. And it's almost connected. Uh, Sicily, it's almost connected. See, and I always, It looks ridiculous. I always remember Italy having a, a being like a, a high-heeled boot, though. Okay. But, I mean, like you said, it affects us a lot, each and everybody, differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if we sat here with two people that are highly affected and, and, and we went through, say, a hundred of them that we, we would know one way or the other, 
we're going to be affected by probably about 90 of the same ones, but there's always going to be a few that, you know, like people talk about the Darth Vader quote being a Mandela effect. For me, that's all I am your father, you know, but so many people remember Luke, I am your father. So that's not for me, you know. Now, how come like for some people, like to take your example that you just used with, you know, I am your father compared to Luke, I am your father from Star Wars. How comes for some people it is different? Have we figured that out yet? Oh, well, I, I, I look at this place as like whatever this reality is we've seen because physical matters change and retroactively and whatever time is is completely out the window, at least from what we've been told, right? Our perception of what time and matter is is completely off, uh, or at least it has been off, and we're trying to come to realize what that is. I think that in a way we perceive this reality it basically like we're in a stew of frequencies you could look at it right and those of us that are kind of resonating on the same level those frequencies are permeating through us pretty much the same right but there are going to be some small differences you know that's the kind of the way i look at it that i can't see it another way like i can't see it's not like web for me i just don't buy the web bouncing into different realities there's just too much that happens to all of us at once that and the evidence is here to back it up as well that I think this reality is in flux. And I think we're perceiving it almost the same as each other, but there are going to be those little differences. Really? Okay. We've also observed Mandela effects uh, flip-flop, change and change back, you know? Like, we observe, we've observed that happen in front of us uh, several times, you know? Uh, the most notable one is Apollo 13, the movie with, with Tom Hanks, you know? That, the famous quote, Houston, we have a problem. It changed past tense. Houston, we've had a problem. And then after a couple months, it changed back. And I can actually prove that it's, I can prove that it flip-flopped. I have a video showing that. So when the Mandela effect happened, they wanted to discredit it. So what they do is they'll come out and they'll put it in an article that says it's a movie misquote. That's what they do a lot with this, right? And this is, it's very transparent. So when Apollo 13 changed, right? And it changed from Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we've had a problem, right? And it changed back. Everybody's videos that talked about that original change completely disappeared, right? But not only that, they tried to debunk it. So there's several news sites, and I have them in my video. I can't think off the top of my head. So what they did is when Houston, we have a problem, changed to Houston, we've had a problem. And Mandela Fed people are talking about it. They're gonna, they come out with articles. And the article says the biggest movie misquotes of all time. Number one, they put Apollo 13, right? They put Apollo 13, and they said people quote it as Houston, we have a problem, but it's always been Houston, we've had a problem. And it's 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 a misquote, right? But then it changed back. So right now it's back to what it was. Houston, we have a problem. Yet their articles remain calling Houston, we have a problem, the biggest misquote of all time, because it's always been Houston, we've had a problem. That's pretty significant evidence of the flip-flop. And we watched that all happen. I just didn't know it could switch back. Are there any other examples? Yeah, oh, we've seen it. Are there any other examples of Mandela effects that have switched back? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few that people have talked about, but honestly, I'm not too confident in the other ones, so I'd rather not, not 
put out examples that I don't think are that strong, but th- there's been a couple other ones. Um, and, and it's probably one I would like to go to right now that I can't think of. And it, it's just slipping my mind. But what, that's definitely the strongest one. Okay. What about food products? Oh, excellent, dude. You know, one of the dude, excellent. So we talked about Haas avocados never existing. It's always been Haas. Here's a huge one for me, Dave. If I were to ask you what company makes the most famous brand of stovetop stuffing, what would you say? Is it Stoffers or Stouffers or something like that? Stouffers. And everybody listening, what would you guys say? Would you say Stouffers? Cool. Stouffers has never made stovetop stuffing. And in this reality, it's always been craft. And in fact, if you look it up, the box looks just like the Stouffers box used to look. But it's always been craft. And of course, people that deny that this could happen will just say, oh, well, they sold it to the company. So show us the proof. Where Stofas sold it to Kraft. No, there is no business transaction between Stofas and Kraft. It did go from some other company, I think General Foods or something, uh, to Kraft. Or never Stofas. It's never been Stofer stovetop stuffing. You can't find a box of Stofer stovetop stuffing anywhere in this reality. It was the only brand of stovetop stuffing I knew, Dave. It was like Me the too. king of stovetop stuffing. That... It's the only reason I knew Stofas. And then later on, I used to get their French bread pizza because their stuffing was so good. <laughs> I tell my partner every Christmas and Thanksgiving, get Stover's stovetop to stuffing. Every time. Yep. It's never existed now. So you have to throw that memory away and just say, this can't happen to our reality and I'm just an idiot and my senses are failing me. That's what people want you to do. Absolutely not going to do that. Another one that's huge is Kit Kat. Kit Kat used to have a dash. Kit Kat has never had a dash now in this reality. Right. Let's go through some real quick. Here's another huge one that just got highlighted with residue all over the news because of Kanye West and all the you know hoopla around him like a month or two ago. And that's because he stormed in the office of Skechers, the shoe company. Skechers no longer has a T, just like Charles M. Schultz, just like FAO Schwartz. What's happening to the T's with the Mandela effect? Hmm, this seems to be a pattern. Seems like when we have to go back to the early or the late 90s, early 2000s, where everybody was changing the S to a Z on the end. So if you had like like wrestlers did it all the time, like the Hardy Boys were not B-O-Y-S, yeah. B-O-Y-Z. It's almost like that. Just drives me nuts. Yeah, and it, yeah, except it's nobody's official. Anything it goes all the way back into the past and what we remember never existed. Another one that's huge for me for food, we were talking about Haas avocados earlier. Here's an actual fruit. Macintosh apples. Macintosh apples have never existed now. They're Macintosh apples. They've never been Macintosh apples. Now they've always been Macintosh. Turmeric, the spice turmeric has never existed. It's always been turmeric now. Now here's another one, a brand change that's big, and the residue is significant. Procter & Gamble. The company Procter & Gamble owns a whole shitload of companies in the United States and maybe in Canada. I don't know. I don't know if you know Procter & Gamble. But they used to be P-R-O-C-T-O-R. Now it's P-R-O-C-T-E-R. And some of the residue we have, I have a folder full for different products of this that for whatever reason, these patents, if they were filed before 2013, they still have the old spelling on there. Anything after 2014, they have the new spelling of E-R. But you're told... It's never been OR. And again, the guy is named after his name change. His name was William Proctor. 
Now it's William Proctor with an ER. Kind of like the O change into the E in Volkswagen worldwide. It's wild, dude. Um, so here's my first Mandela effect, right? So my first Mandela effect, most people like in the community, what happens is we've had changes way back in the past. We just didn't realize what the hell it was until now we're aware of this type of thing, right? Then you look back. Oh, man, I remember when that guy's name changed. Well, for me, there's a famous wrestler. And his name was Mr. Perfect when I grew up. And I used to love Mr. Perfect. He was my one of my favorite wrestlers. Okay, And in the year 2000 or maybe 1999, when I was playing a video game, I noticed his name had changed. His name was Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning. And his father was a wrestler too, Larry Henning. And then I noticed that his name and said, Henning. And I was like, Henning? But I kind of just rolled with it, you know, like I didn't think there was a Mandela effect. I didn't know nothing about none of that. I wasn't aware of things. And then looking back, I realized it. So I made a video on it like four years ago. I keep getting trolled by reality. Like I'm meant to like talk to people about this, I feel. I feel the creator is reaching out through me to talk to people. I, I'm in a bar in California. I'm on vacation two months ago, right? I go to see my friend Steffi out there. We go to this uh, bar place down there. And I walk in. And I go to sit down to get a drink, and I hear this guy. And he's like, Mr. Perfect was my best friend. Ba, 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 ba. And he's telling everybody how Mr. Perfect was his best friend. Now, this guy's dead now. Mr. Perfect's dead now. Uh, he died a long time ago, shortly after I noticed his name changed. Um, but Mr. Perfect was my best friend. He's telling people in the bar. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to talk to this guy, right? So before I start the story, whether this guy was really his best friend or he was blowing smoke, he at least knew a ton about the guy, his childhood, his hometown. He had stories of him and him in school. I think he really was his friend. Um, he went on and on how Mr. Perfect was his best friend. So I'm recording this. This is on my channel too. So four times on video, I said, how do you spell his name? He said H-N-I-N-G. Four different times on video. And then when I told him, dude, you should have seen his face. I said, you know your best friend's name has never been H-E-N-N-I-N-G? He froze on camera like this, dude. And it was crazy. And I had to, like, I had to like calm him down a little and get into some easier things like mirror, mirror. And then I had his girlfriend look at Haas Avocados. It blew her mind. I said, now Google Haas Avocados on your phone. And she Googled it, and it spell corrected her to H-A-S-S. Haas, because that's what it's always been. Blew these people's minds, dude. It's fantastic. We have two minutes to go before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Brian Stavely is our guest from Dosa Reality Podcast and YouTube channel talking the Mandela effect. How do you keep all this straight? I mean, there's just so much happening, you know, that I got a good memory as much as people would like to tell us we have crap memories. My memory is strong, dude. And we're going to get into history, too, when we get back, because that's the big stuff. And there's some new stuff for people that have heard the other interviews I've done with you. I got some new changes to do with Germany that I just discovered like a week ago. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot to keep track of. And, dude, this, there's a lot. This gets a lot deeper, too. Like, there's people that are really deep with the Bible changes and the geography and anatomy. And, you know, I just don't go too deep into things that I don't know because I don't want to falsely call something a Mandela effect. I don't need to do that, you know. So I stick with what I know. I know some of it for some people. It might get repetitive. But there is some new stuff to bring up. So uh, and I think it's pretty, pretty big. I think so, too. I mean, you must have a lot of fun finding these. Like, how often are you finding new ones? Uh, maybe every few months, you know, I'm not always finding them myself. It's usually people send, send it to me or I'll be aware of it some other way. Um, now there are a lot of other changes I didn't get into tonight. 
uh, like music and stuff. And maybe we can we can touch on a couple of those briefly, too, because I think the music changes are big. They really resonate with people. And I've instituted a new strategy. I had an interesting experience at the piano bar that I'd like to talk about when we get back. Well, we can definitely do that, you know, because I can just see you having an absolute blast doing this. And, you know, when we come back to, I do have some audience questions that I do want to uh, get through uh, tonight because I always like to get some audience participation here in our number two. And so I, I really look forward to this. And, Brian, I'm having a blast. Whether you believe it or not, that is up to you. You know, like I see a few people in our chat rooms, you know, getting a getting a little feisty here. You know what? Just let the woo happen. Just just enjoy it for what it's worth. You don't have to believe it. You may believe some. You may believe all. But the main thing is just have some fun. That's what it's all about. And, and don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it until you take an honest look. If you think it's as easy as a company or a logo, a brand, change a name or a mistranslation or whatnot, try and call call out any of the ones I addressed tonight. Remind the show, listen to it. Brian Savely from Dosa Reality YouTube channel and podcast. Talk of the Mandela Effect. We have until the top of the hour. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. What a show. We'll be right back. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. My regulars, Brian's regulars, and everybody else in between who are here tonight, uh, in case you just jumped in, I want to just remind you, we take breaks at the top and bottom of the hour. We are a combination. We're a hybrid-type show between a live podcast, live YouTube, as well as being a a live show for our radio audiences. And because we're on terrestrial radio, we do have to time everything out to commercial breaks. So that is why we actually take a break here uh, at the top and bottom. I hope you all are enjoying it. we got 350-plus people watching live on, on YouTube right now. So thank you so, so much. If, if we've uh, caught your attention, we are here seven days a week for your listening pleasure. And we'd love it if you hit that subscribe button and rang that bell uh, because we're always here for you. And uh, hello, Patrick Roberts, our new timeline. Welcome to SOR Chat. D. Swiger, welcome back, my dear. Jonathan Kampala, I, I think I said hello to you earlier. Yeah, I did. Mandela effect, you know. Uh, Dirty Filth, uh, you had your microphone on mute the last time, my friend, and nobody could hear you. Let's bring you up here. Can't hear you, Dirty. People want to hear your voice. Karen A. Dahlman wants to hear what the filth sounds like. Sounds like a combination of cat screeching and claws against the chalkboard. Uh, that looks like a Mothman you've drawn tonight. Drinking a little, uh, uh, drinking a little soda there, or what? Nobody's got beans, Dave. Mmm. You and Lon were talking about Mothman and beans the other day and him eating cans of beans. So I figured in between the cartoons of him with Mothman drawing or when I draw Mothman and he's eating pizza, he likes beans when he goes to work. Uh, We're trying to book Karen Dahlman for a show. I'll talk about Ouija boards. And she has said she will only come on if you draw a cartoon. Because she hasn't been on yet while you've been drawing the cartoons. Hi, Ann Gaynor. Right, Welcome back. 
Let's set up a date. Yes, I've sent some dates to Karen on our Facebook Messenger. So hopefully we'll get her on in the next week or two. <coughs> Perfect. I'll be there. I'll draw cartoons. Yeah. I'm good at. Look at this. She goes, I'm coming back, but need dirty filth. Karen, you have to wash your hands afterwards. We need Karen Dahlman to join us in Las Vegas for our fan party at the Golden Nugget, May 19th through 21st. We need her to be a part of this because she, she is amazing. I'm, I'm, I really want to go, man. This sounds cool. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, we had a blast last year. We had a blast last year and uh, cannot wait uh, for all of you to, to uh, join us here and uh, be a part of it. I got the tickets below. Uh, they're $60 per person or 100 bucks if you want the VIP package, which comes with a special VIP meet and greet on the Friday night. And then Saturday is the live YouTube show where everybody's going to be. Uh, we got some incredible cryptid guests like Brian Bowden, uh, the crypto guru, uh, Ronald Murphy, Varla Ventura is going to be there, UT- uh, UFO-wise, Michael Schratt, Jim's Goodall, uh, Tom Whitmore, Lorian Fenton, Mel- Melinda Leslie, Misha Johnson, uh, Paranormal, our, our good friend Merle is going to be there. We got probably 20 people who mm-hmm. who would be there who have been former guests on this show. And, uh, yeah, we want Karen Dahlman to show up. We want Karen. Karen, you and I will talk about it. I'm going to convince you. I'm going to convince you to join us. And, Brian, you're more than welcome to be there. Oh, Thin Lizzie. I'll shout you out this year. I'll shout you out. But I did give you a lot of presents, if you know what I mean. I did give you a lot of presents for all the help that you did because you were amazing there. You were amazing. Just makes me want to shake my shoulders and dance. I am twisting your arm, Karen Dahlman. I am totally twisting your arm. Let's see if we can hit 200 likes tonight or thumbs up if you don't mind. We're at 186. If you haven't already, give us a thumbs up. By the way, I will also be at UFOCon 2023. Go to UFOCon2023.com in San Francisco, March 17th through 19th. I will be hosting that event it's going to be great uh working out star scarred i got to get back to the gym tomorrow i took a couple weeks off and i feel like crap right now for doing that but i am down about four inches on my stomach davy's not as fat anymore just to be blunt uh river dogma good to see you thank you to our super chatters tonight here we go with the next half hour everyone We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, 
at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we bring in our good friend Brian Staveley from Dose of Reality Podcast and YouTube channel, and he is here talking Mandela Effect. Before we get to your next segment, because I know you wanted to get into some real hardcore history here, let's ask a couple of questions mm-hmm. from our audience here. Let's start off with Tim here. Sure. We call him the Tim bit. What does it mean when you say our reality is in flux? Uh, well, I mean, that physical matter is changing within our reality as we live our experience here. That's what I mean. Um, so I don't think that it's like, I don't think it's time travel. I don't think it's jumping timelines. Like, so, if it, and I can't tell you how time travel works, right? If it does work or not or, or any of that. But I mean, if, if it was a time travel thing, I would think we would split off and, you know, we wouldn't have you know, memories of the past place. And also they would certainly wouldn't be, again, we wouldn't see incremental changes happen. We see things change and change again. Like for instance, the thinker statue is a huge one, right? So the thing to be to the forehead like this. Okay. And the right elbow was like this. Okay. Now the thinker statue is more or less like this is more smaller changes, but we'll get there. Now it, it moved its, its hand down to the chin, okay? And when it did that, you know, I have pictures of 20 different children, right, all around the thinker statue where the thinker statue used to be like this. So all the kids are posed like this around the statue, but the statue in the background is like this because it changed, and it changed the photograph. When the Mandela effect happens, it'll change any photo or video evidence that shows you know, the actual thing, the way that it used to be. All right. Um, so we're seeing changes happen in this reality constantly. That's what I mean. Let's go to Nicole. Does the update happen when divergent timelines get folded back into the master timeline? That's interesting because somebody brought up the idea of timelines kind of crashing over each other to me the other day. And I was like, you know, that's kind of interesting because I could see maybe if that brought some of the residue along with it. Um, but again, I... Per- and again, this is theories, you know, other, other channels will tell you different. And I, I, I explore other people's ideas and whatnot. But uh, for me, I don't, I just don't think it's separate timelines. I think it's one timeline that's changing. Um, but the update, basically what, what I, what I say when I say the update, you know, I was talking about the information earlier. There's also an update that people seem to take consciously that, you know, you'll ask somebody, hey, do you remember what company Ed McMahon worked for? They'll say, oh, yeah, Publishers Clearinghouse, blah, 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 right? And then you tell them it's never been that. And then they'll just be like, oh, yeah, it was always American family. I was just, you know, misremembering. And and they just roll with it. And that's what I see so often. So that's uh, another thing I talk about. We'll take two more questions, and then we'll get to it. And this is from Helmet. This subject, being true, Brian, what is your goal when all is said and done? Well, never everything's never going to be all said and done. This journey never ends. This isn't my first big topic that I've delved into and, and got really into and tried to get people aware of. I'm not uh, under the impression this is the uh, be-all, end-all of truth or anything like that. Um, I do think that this is very profound, and it's showing us the true nature of our reality. And I do think that I have been given a lot of, you could say, our high-level synchronicities that I know that's not so much the Mandela effect, but it all seems kind of the same thing. For me, if people want my opinion, I do think that this is coming from the creator, and we are supposed to pay very close attention to it. And, and you know. 
All right, uh, let's get to another question here. This one coming from Brian. Brian and really everyone else, too. Why for exactly what purpose do you think is all of these examples for? Can't simply some just be wrong, right? Oh, so can definitely be wrong. I see people put out uh, videos and call them Mandela effects that I think are BS. I mean, that's why I, I can only tell you about my 123 that are on my channel. And I'm working with several people behind the scenes, and I'm almost done putting together what I think is a legitimate list. And we have it down to under 200. And I know there's a lot more than that. But I'm just saying, sure, there's definitely ones out there where people that are wrong. But I don't just call something a Mandela effect if I remember it a different way than it is. See, I have a criteria for it. I would like to elaborate on that for a minute. So, like, if I think something's a change, I ha I will honestly pull people and get an honest answer out of them. And if it's not the majority of everybody plus myself, then there's all this mounds and mounds, and I mean a significant amount of physical residue everywhere to Remember, I don't even bring it up as a Mandela effect. Other people will. There are people that definitely are real loosey-goosey with it, for sure. All right. Before we get to any more audience questions, you wanted to get into a couple of historical facts, and then we'll come back to audience mm -hmm. questions here. So let's spend a few minutes on historical facts here. You know, where do you want to start with this? Yeah, well, so... For me, you know, like I told you, and we're not going deep into that topic I'm about to mention, but for me, my journey started um, with 9-11. And no matter what you, uh, you you think of it or whatever, uh, you, if you watch documentaries on it or you watch the mainstream media, there was a narrative that we always heard and we always heard it in school growing up. And that was that Pearl Harbor was the first major foreign attack on U.S. soil. And then it was 9-11 after 9-11 happened. And now in this reality, that is not even close to the case anymore. And this keeps changing. So we'll stop by talking about my biggest Mandela effect. And this has to do with Germany, as do all these ones we're going to get into real quick. And that is now in this reality, timeline, because I could be wrong about it. It could be different timelines, different earth, whatever. Whatever you, your theories are, people apply it here. But now in this current instance of reality... Pearl Harbor is not the first major foreign attack. And this story keeps evolving, too, and we'll get to the new ones. 1916 now in this reality. This is wild. Two German spies snuck in through New Jersey, and they blew off a million pounds of TNT on an island called Black Tom Island that had a munitions depot there in the New York Harbor. The explosion was so big that calling it the biggest man-made non-nuclear explosion of all time. And it damaged, it killed four people, injured 120, caused like 50 million in damage. And on top of all that, damaged the torch of Statue of Liberty that nobody's ever been to the torch. Now, this is a lot of problems here. First off, nobody's ever heard of the Black Tom attack. The idea that it wouldn't be brought up and shoved down our throats by the media for the patriotic reasons when 9-11 happened right there, and this supposedly happened, and the symbol of freedom, the Statue of Liberty, was bombed and all this. Never, ever, 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 ever mentioned. But then there's an even more significant part to it. I've spoken to people that have been to the torch. People have been to that torch, but now that's not possible in this reality. And if you find anybody that tells you they've been to the torch of the Statue of Liberty, ask them for a photograph. They won't be able to produce you one because now because of the insertion of the Black Tom event in this timeline, nobody's ever been allowed there after 1916. It's been closed the entire time now in this reality. 
That is huge. Nobody's ever heard of it. And I've asked everybody ever you could ever imagine. And then it goes on and on with this German stuff. So after that happens, about a year later, there's another insertion in our timeline. And this one is ridiculous. This one is now, and people say, maybe you don't know. How do you not know about New York getting bombed, right? Not only that, though. This next one, Dave, 5,000 Americans dead, and nobody knows. So now I put a video um, called Torpedo Alley, where eight German subs came over off the coast of North Carolina, right over here, sunk 500 merchant marine ships and killed 5,000 Americans. And then the the way it played out, if you look at the story of it, I think at the name of like the last uh, sh- the ship that this thing came from, but they paraded this dog around, this service dog for the U.S. as a hero, right? He's like a hero of this, and he got because we didn't lose the war yet, at least in this timeline. Uh, and they put this dog on TV. They're bringing him to bars and stuff, like he's a triumph insult comic dog from Conan O'Brien, right? It's so ridiculous. You know what the dog's name is? The hero of this Mandela effect insertion? No. The dog's name is Sinbad. They named the, do- the dog's name is Sinbad. Because they, you know, they try to make you to make all these correlations, right? And then I'm trying to connect Sinbad to Germany and see what connections there are there. Well, they have a particle accelerator in Hamburg, Germany, connected to the CERN network called Sinbad with the acronym. And when you look it up and you look at what the acronym actually stands for, it wouldn't even say Sinbad. It would actually be Cybad, but they took two letters from one word just to make sure that the acronym for their particle accelerator says Sinbad because they want you to blame the particle accelerators. Science wants to take credit for the Mandela effect. It's supernatural coming from the creator, in my opinion. Some people would say the other guy, uh, but I totally think most of it is coming from whatever you believe created this place and created us and and all of that. I see too much uh, intelligence behind it. I see direct communication. I see too much timely synchronicities tied to it. The personal Mandela effects that people have, it's not random. It didn't just start a few years ago. And people would love to take credit for it. But I don't buy any of that. <clears throat> but then there's more German stuff. It goes on and on after that. Then there's now there's a Kingsland explosion, which happened just after Black Tom where Germans blew up 40 buildings in New Jersey, and there were 500,000 rounds of artillery in the air. And then there's the new stuff I just came across and did a video on this week. So two years ago in January, there was that thing that happened at the Capitol. We won't talk about any of that, but that was in the news. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Everybody's talking about that thing, right? And never, just like with 9-11, right, never mentioned in Black Tom, why didn't they ever mention when the Germans bombed the Capitol? Just before Black Tom, some guy named Eric Munter came over, bombed the U.S. Capitol, then the next morning drove to J.P. Morgan's house and tried to assassinate him and shot him twice. That was never part of my reality before. And then there's a whole bunch of other little German stuff that just keeps coming and keeps coming. And we talked earlier about Haas Avocados, Charles M. Schultz, FAO Schwartz, Volkswagen. This is all German. So I don't know if there's like a nazi connection i don't know what people's opinions are on that i never really looked much at that at all i know people you know i don't know but there's definitely some sort of german connection to this mandela effect um but you know it's definitely in my opinion coming from an intelligent source that has supernatural access to this reality that's my take on it 
it could be other things. It could have been a timeline change, or we could have came from a different Earth or a different whatever uh, and got here. But then after that, this reality still has to be in flux, in my opinion, because we see incremental changes. We see flip-flops, you know? Let's and me and you, right? If we, only, if we saw 80 out of 100 Mandela effects the same, right? Well, how could that be if we came from another timeline together, came here, and this place is all messed up? We should see all the same Mandela effects as each other. That is true. Let's get to a few more audience questions here because there are some good ones here. Let's go to Amy, who's asking, I'm a huge fan of classical music. Has music been altered? Yes, music has been altered. Um, I don't know classical music well. Uh, I can speak to you about some uh, music. Uh, you're Canadian. How about Jewel? Do you know the song, Who Will Save Your Soul? I'm not a fan of Jewel's. Okay, well, people that a lot of people probably do know her song, Who Will Save Your Soul. Have a listen to that now. Now it says, Who Will Save Your Souls. Uh, another one for me that's big is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. There's actually ones with more of a meaning, too, like the Mamas and the Papas, for instance, right? Um, they have a song, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, I pass by a church. It's, it, it's uh, California Dreaming, you know? And I got down on my knees, and I began to pray. Now that song says, I get down on my knees and I pretend to pray. The Jewel song now says throughout most of it, who will save your souls, plural. In the Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Under the Bridge, it's the city I live in, the city of angels. Because it's talking about Los Angeles, the city of angels. He says angel now. Yet I can show you. At least two live performances of the Red Hot Chili Peppers were in their own live performance. They're still singing angels. And so is like 100,000 people singing along with them in the audience. But all the official albums and official music have all changed to singular. So is that a message? Like, who is the angel of the city? Now it's a single angel. The wolf's in the house instead of the lion. Who will save your souls? Get down on your knees and pretend to pray instead of began to pray. Like, there's a whole bunch of this going on uh, in the music. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of music changes. I don't I just don't know any in classical music. Maybe some other people could tell you some of those. Rel forty one is asking. Do you, oh, go ahead. If you got I got one more. Yeah. One more. One more to do with music that I think is significant. If you guys know the band Nirvana and Kurt Cobain and uh, all that, how his suicide and you know, he was a really big star. Kurt Cobain with Nirvana went on stage uh, and did a performance called Unplugged on MTV. It was iconic. It was like this uh, acoustic performance. And when he did it, if you guys remember, think think in your head, what do you remember the candles looking like that surrounded the stage? Now, when I asked you that, if you remember a bunch of white candles surrounding Nirvana, they're all black now. And it's really creepy looking. Really creepy looking. Other bands that have changed, Belle Biv DeVoe uh, used to be B-E-L. Now it's B-E-L-L. Pink Floyd, biggest album. People, You ask anybody, they'll tell you dark soon. It's now the dark side of the moon. There's a lot of music changes. All right. Let's what to, did you want to ask me? Sorry. Let's go to REL 41. Do you think there is a hidden message within the Mandela effect? If so, what would that message be? Oh, definitely. And that's what we want more help of trying to figure out what this is. It might be a way to decode this reality. Like I said, uh, a lot of things have changed as far as like, 
government agencies and things like that with Mandela effects being pointed out within them. Another one, and, and we won't go far down the road with this, so don't worry, but uh, another one is, is the HIPAA Act, which is really big, right? So the HIPAA Act used to, it was allegedly to protect your health privacy uh, in the United States, your information, right? And it was H-I-P-P-A was the acronym. And it changed to H-I-P-A-A about four years ago, a little bit before the thing that's been going on. And the P that disappeared from the acronym for the HIPAA Act is the P that stood for privacy. So that's interesting, you know, like so I definitely think there's a lot of messages to be had uh, from these changes, especially like Bible changes and stuff like that. Doubleday wants to know, was the Mandela effect studied before the Internet? Uh, Definitely not called as the Mandela effect. Uh, But by the way, Mandela only has one L in it now. I see he has two still in the spelling. (laughs) Uh, but of course it's talked about almost like anything you know i thought they were just going crazy or losing their memory with nobody to talk to about it so of course you know things as they start to pick up as as people can have these forms of communications and whatnot uh people definitely talked about this in 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 older civilizations seeing types of like shifts in reality but it certainly wasn't any you know brands or logos or anything like that or anything that you know uh what we would call Mandela effect. Now, I think it's always been going on. If, if that's what people want to know, or if people want to know, is it just a, something to do with the internet? Absolutely not. Because anything that I've told you has changed tonight. You can check your own version of it in your house, be, be it a Bible, a movie, a globe or map. And you'll see that everything I said is represented on what you currently have as far as the physical item within your house. So it has nothing to do with just the internet. All right. <clears throat> These questions are kind of the same from local boy. It's Stu Gerson. You know, or no, they are different. Pardon me. Let's go to local boy first. He goes, what do you think happened to us for all this to go on? What do I think happened to us? I think a lot of us on a uh, sort of a spiritual journey for whatever reason. A lot of people think it got sparked for them by a near-death experience. A lot of people have gone through a lot of trauma and stuff. Uh, a lot of people have had a, had a lot of time to themselves for whatever reason, um, and we, we've become aware. Of, I think this is, like I said, it didn't just happen to us. If you say us, for me, when we're talking Mandela effect, the us is every human on earth because they're all experiencing it. Now, if you mean us by, hey, are we want, we're recognizing it and talking about it, what makes us so different? We're completely open-minded and we're not tied down to what's been presented as reality to us. And we're some of the most honest people. And you know, it's time we come out and discuss what we're actually experiencing. Don't fight it. And you don't have to jump in and say, oh, I believe everything this guy's saying. That would be ridiculous. But I'm asking you to challenge any of the Mandela effects that I've called Mandela's and try and prove that they're not. And it's just something that's been changed through time, a company that's changed or a revised map or a different translation of a Bible. You're going to find out you're going to come out empty handed every time. And even if you don't agree with a lot of them, you know that there's some of them that affect you, which means this reality is changing. So for me, this is. This is like the biggest thing ever. And I don't think it's going to keep going. Like, I don't know what happens when we die and all these other questions I have. I do think going back to why there's so many changes, there's something to resonate with everybody, Dave. I mean, I had a family member come up to me, a 12-year-old kid, when I showed up to Thanksgiving and my miles away, I never seen them for like, you know, five, six years. 
And the first thing he says to me, instead of Happy Thanksgiving, Brian, or whatever, he's like, I know about Pikachu's tail. Because Pikachu never had a dark tip on his tail now. It's a big Mandela effect. And that's waking kids up. My friend's sister, like I said, the Imodium ID spelling woke her up. I also have a theory, too, where if we die and reincarnation is true, right? And I believe that we probably have to get to a certain level, like a graduating process, to eventually get out of here. Or else we just repeat and come back. I do believe it's like a cumulative effort. Just a theory. Let's just say reincarnation is true in any way, and you come back to the earth, right? What if there's too much is the same, and you'll have a deja vu in your past life? So what if the creator is just tinkering with a bunch of little stuff, too, on top of the big stuff? So not your reality is not exactly the same when you come back rather than rewrite the whole reality. That's an idea too. All right, let's get to another question here. So we got about two and a half minutes. Stu Gerson is asking, who the hell is changing all of these quotes? Well, like I said, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's the person that created the, the being that created this realm. I think that's where it's coming from. I think that's where all of it's coming from. Now some people Learn. Some people tell you it's D-wave computers. Uh, like I said, some people think timelines and, and time travel and all that. But again, you know, I see intelligence behind it totally. I, I don't think see it as something that's random, and I don't think that man can cause it. Uh, like I said, they would love to take credit for it. Um, and, and, you know, and again, the quotes that have changed. Like, like Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Ricky Ricardo's never said that now in an episode of I Love Lucy. I mean, he used to say it almost every time he came through the door. Never said, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. And and his name, the guy that played him, used to be Desi Arnaz. Now he's Desi Arnaz. I mean, there's so many name changes. Joel Olstein is Joel Osteen now. I mean, it just goes on and on with these, these people's names. Uh, it's all over the place. <clears throat> Brian, I want to say a big thank you to you coming on the show tonight. It's been a lot of fun and it always is when you're here. You really stir things up. But you got you you command a following. You command a lot of information. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but there's going to be a lot of people who are scratching their head after listening to this one tonight. Do me a favor, tell everybody where they can find your podcast and your YouTube channel. Sure. Uh, my name on YouTube is Brian S. Stavely, like you see on the screen right now, S T A V E L E Y. That's my main channel. Uh, like many people, black up channels and whatnot. I'm on other platforms. I'm always on Rockfin as well. And I do stream to other places, upload other places. But if you want to find all my links, social media and everything, you can find it in one spot at doseofrealityshow.com. Doseofrealityshow.com. It's my website that I've had forever. Just click the my links. I don't post much on the website at all. All my content's on video platforms now, but all my links are there social media, emails, merch, you know, different platforms, backup YouTube channels. Cause I'm not even live streaming on my main. I'm doing backups. So just make sure you follow me. And uh, I know Dave linked my YouTube channel right below this video tonight in the show description. So if you guys could please sub and bell my main YouTube channel at the least tonight, I would appreciate that. Brian, thank you again, my friend. We will do it again in a few months time. Always appreciate you for firing our audience up. Thank you, buddy. Coming up next. Thank you. Man. We are going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on a spooky journey. Then little Timmy Senor comes in for the nightly UFO report. We will be back with the Jam Pack Hour number three next on Spaced Out Radio. <clears throat> Wonderful. 
Wonderful. Kira, thank you so much for the love and the super chat. Very much appreciate it. Dirty Filth is going to get started there. Uh, Brian, thank you again, my man. Appreciate you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we'll do it again. And, you know, maybe I'll see you in Vegas. We'll see. Yeah, doors open, cool. man. Doors open. We'd love to have you there. I'll, I'll make sure that we get you some info, okay? Yeah, cool. And thank you, everybody. And whether you like the topic or not, I just ask you to please look into it more. And I think you'll come to find out, wow, there's actually uh, a lot here to look at. And on my channel, I have a short list. Like I said, I also have a list of my interviews. So check it out. Thanks, guys. All right. Brian Stavely, everybody. We'll see you later, Brian. And I'm going to turn things over to Dirty Filth here so he can uh, break down his previous cartoon, his new one. He's going to tell you where he could get his calendar as well as his book. There you go, Filthy. You're set up. Still missing my sliced pizza, Dave, but I didn't hold you to that. What am I going to do after I get a sliced pizza from Dave? I won't have anything to complain about. Nonetheless, once again, you can go to filthy.com, F-Y-L-T-H-Y.com. Scoop yourself a book. Possibly one for your for your mom because never forget your mom. She loves you, and you only get one of them, so you might as well buy your mom a cartoon book of weird things. And there's a conversation piece when you have to explain to your mom why this just showed up at her doorstep from some weird guy from Canada, and it's a bunch of cartoons, and she doesn't even like UFOs, Dogman, or Bigfoot. So it is a tic tac. It's a little tiny tic tac coming out of the ocean. There's cat hair on there, of course. I figured it, you can't really see it, but there's, oh, I could turn off the light. Let's see if we turn off the light, you can see the little bit of blue and stuff better. No, yeah, sort of. Put my dome in the way you can. It looks better in person. Trust me, it looks way better in person. Nonetheless, go to filthy.com, buy my book. Buy a calendar, buy a print, support my crippling peaks addiction, and uh, yeah, go to Vegas, get free artwork. I don't know. If Tim shows up, he can rub his bald dome. That's the sound it'll make when you rub his dome. I wonder if I have the power to bring him in here. I think I do. He's closing this secret door. You guys can't see it, but he's got a secret door there. He's slinking away. Hilarious. Anyways. That's awesome. Every time Brian's on, I got like a an old book. And I get this old Bible from like 10,000 years ago and it was like the lion, the witch and the wardrobe and whatnot. And I'm looking at it and my Jehovah pals come over and I got my notes and everything and stumps me every time, except for the last time they showed up. Cause anyways, I'm rambling away here, but nonetheless though, always awesome. If uh, Brian's still listening, thanks for coming on the show. I have no cats. Got nothing left to draw. Dave's abandoned me. Tim's slinking around in the darkness. 
Might as well plug my artwork again. Wait a second. Let's bring him in here. I think we can do that. I have the power. Look at that. Yeah. I do. Yes. Filth. Absolutely dirty filth. Bringing me in through the back door. You're going to get in so much trouble. I've got immunity. You've got the power and the immunity. Good, good stuff. Well, hello, Dude. chat. This is very nice impromptu like... meeting. <laughs> hey, there's little Timmy Senor. I had nothing to do with it. Beauty. I tried to hide you. Sorry. Yeah. I brought him in, Dave. <laughs> That's okay. Executive Dude. decision. That's okay. We love little Timmy Senor. Anyways, here. here's okay. my drawing. There's the other drawing. I got to go beat up my cats. They look lovely. Suplexes and snacks. This is also your drawing. Look at that. I have original dirty filth right here. Right here and right here and right up here. I'm filled with filthy. Yeah, jeez. Absolutely filthy. All right, gentlemen and everybody else. Have a wonderful evening. See you guys tomorrow. Thank you, Dirty. Appreciate you. Let's remove dirty filth. Little Timmy Senor. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well, Dave. This is kind of nice. A little pre-show chitter-chatter. Absolutely. And I, I want to say thank you to all of our super chatters tonight. Derek times two. Greg LM with the hat trick of super chats. Thank you. Jenny Zen two. Jeff and Kira, thank you so much. Want to see you all, If uh, and Deb from SAC as well. Thank you so much for the love, Deb. And I want to see you all at our Vegas party, May 19th through 21st, in Las Vegas at the Golden Nugget. We are going to be having one good party there with a bunch of special guests, along with all of you, live YouTube. Uh, there's going to be stargazing for UFOs. Maybe even an experiencer's roundup. Kira is putting that together. We got it all happening in Vegas. Come on down and join us May 19th through 22nd. Check the ticker for more information and get a VIP package today. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Rabble. Rabble is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. 
Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I live in South Florida, I am a natural outdoorsy type of person. I like to walk around in the woods in my area, go fishing, do four-wheeling, etc. I tend to go fishing alone despite my parents always telling me not to, and I usually tell them where I'm going. I often go to places in the middle of nowhere, mainly in fields with little ponds and canals to fish in. I can't remember what exact month it was, but it was back when it got dark around 5.30 to 6 p.m., One day, I decided to pack my poles up and go fishing in this field about 30 minutes from my house. But being that I lived in a small town, that could be uh, quite far to say the least. I was fishing in a spot relatively close to the road near the entrance, and I was gradually making my way down. Mind you, I know this spot very well, so I know how to get in and out of it. It's like a maze of connecting canals and fields. It's 3.30 and I'm catching fish and getting pretty lucky. But as all anglers know, sometimes the bite wears off, and you move to another spot. So I'm moving further from the entrance, and I remember specific landmarks to remember where I'm at, whether it be an old tractor or a rundown building. Remember when I said I know this place reasonably well? Well, I remember parts that I always go to. I probably should have said that at the beginning, but here we are. So I'm getting to an unfamiliar area but it's still daytime, so I figured I could remember new landmarks to help me when I'm ready to go. At this point, it's about 5.45, and I'm trying one last spot before I leave, but this spot is in the midst of two different fields that I'm not very familiar with. As I'm going to the site, I hear a hissing sound, like it's coming through the fields, but I brush it off, thinking that it's probably just the music that I'm blasting really loud, or maybe the terrain I'm driving on. So I stopped halfway to the spot to stop and fish again real quickly, but didn't get a single bite. I packed my things, so as I got to the car and reversed the car, I heard a strange noise and noticed the tires were hard to turn. I got up and saw my front two tires were completely flat. Mind you, I'm in the middle of nowhere with two flat tires in the woods. Oh, and did I mention that it was now nighttime? I was never afraid to freak out, but I did get worried. I picked my phone up to call my dad, but to no avail, I had no service and I couldn't even get an SOS out. That made my heart stop for a bit because around this area, many bobcats run around these fields. So I just got in the car and began nervously brainstorming on what I should do. I couldn't drive anywhere because of my tires or call anyone. So I'm looking around the car. Sometimes my dad would use my tire pump and would leave it in my trunk. So, on my last glimmer of hope, I checked the box, and lord behold, my tire was in the chest. And what made it even better is that it was USB-powered, meaning I didn't have to plug it into an outlet. So I hooked everything up and started pumping the tires, which took quite some time, probably about an hour. Once they were finally fully pumped, I checked to see what caused the flat. I couldn't see anything. However, I did hear the hissing sound that I had heard earlier. I learned that the hissing sound was the sound of my tire losing air. Thankfully, it was a slow leak, so my tire would retain the air just long enough for me to make a home. Now, the only problem is, is I didn't know where I was, so I was moving around as people did back in the day, you know, carrying your phone around in the air hoping to get a signal, and eventually I did. As soon as I did, I Google mapped my way to find the entrance, and from there, I remembered where I was and how to get home. 
I also forgot to mention that I never told anybody about this. Um, I didn't tell my parents that I was going here this day. It's not something I would normally do, but, you know, I made a mistake this time. So I think what I really learned was always carry a tire pump in your car and always tell someone where you are because I don't know how my tires were popped. I don't know if somebody stabbed them. I don't know if I ran over something on my way in, but it was definitely a scary situation and I'm just glad I kept a level head and figured out a way to get home. And that's why we love the swamp dweller around here who hangs out with us each and every night, kicking off hour number three with another spooky story. We love it. And you know, Swamp Dweller is here to kick off every third hour of this show. And if you like his stories and you want more, you can listen to him for free. All you got to do is go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and boom, there he is, hanging on out. So go ahead and subscribe. From the swamp to the stars, it is time once again for little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. about you little timmy senor but i'm still blown away by random guy joining us just a couple of nights ago talking about that weird encounter his uh, friend had with a ufo on a navy aircraft carrier yeah it's massive massive news great story great sources and here we are again with ufos in the news uh it's just ufos 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 we can't get enough and it seems like whistleblowers are literally raining out of the sky right now which is fantastic for us here in the ufology world we are eagerly awaiting this kind of information so we welcome it and so much thanks to random guy and uh in fact the work of Jeremy Corbell and uh, George Knapp and some of the work that they've been doing because, and you know what, Christopher Sharp for that matter, because he brings it to us through via the media. So it's raining UFOs and let's talk about it. All right. Well, let's head to back in time here to 2019, where apparently there were some UFOs harassing U.S. warships and new eyewitnesses contradict Pentagon's unmanned aerial systems label what's going on here correct yeah and so a new article being brought to us by christopher sharp liberation times he discusses uh, a new uh, witness that's been brought forth by jeremy corbell and george knapp via their new podcast called weaponized in which they discuss ufos which harassed u.s navy ships in july of 2019 and they were considered an inadequately labeled as being unmanned aerial systems or UAS, according to eyewitnesses involved in the series of incidents. And so one witness serving on board the USS Omaha, whose responsibility it was to designate the objects, told Liberation Times that in this quote, the classification of UAS is now inappropriate because it was never confirmed. 
And so the pushback against the current Pentagon line and other extraordinary new revelations were detailed by active duty naval personnel on the new podcast, Weaponized. And so this is new information, a brand new uh, witness being brought forward. His name is John Gutierrez, and he is an active duty naval commander. And so he went forward to speak on incidents representing his own personal views and, you know, not speaking personally on behalf of Navy here. He was just recalling his own personal views on events. And so he elaborated on UFOs general categorization as UAS or drones telling Corbell and Knapp that in this quote, just because they're calling it that doesn't mean that that's what they were. And so speaking about UFOs in general, we are witnessed by naval aviators on a daily basis, Gutierrez says, and it's still a big mystery. We don't know what this stuff is. And so they recall uh, back to the 20, so this was back in, I'm sorry, let's take a sweep back here. So back in July of that summer, it's it appears that not only were they getting swarmed by multiple objects at a time, they would depart on different bearings that they would come in from. And so if they were coming in from the east and departing on the west, which isn't typical for something you would see as drone behavior, and so they were actually verifying and able to uh, dispute claims that a Hong Kong registered cargo vessel named the Bass Strait was in fact responsible. And so in this new quote, they, the Bass Strait crew, did deny that they were the source and they also never landed or launched them. And then he later added that we never saw them or take off from the Bass Strait. And so now we're seeing a second eyewitness coming forward from the USS Paul Hamilton testifying to Corbell via audio, explaining how the objects would always come from the West despite there being no landmass or any other apparent flight platform. And so unlike normal drones, they eyewitnessed and explained there. I'm sorry, the eyewitness explained that they would depart on different bearings that they would fly in from. And so this also includes speaking about unconventional behavior and capabilities of the objects, describing that it would just shoot straight up into the air without making any sound. And it went from pitch black to very illuminated very quickly, stating that there were beams of bright white light illuminating from the ships for at least two seconds at a time. And so he described the event as jarring and shocking, and he has spoken with sailors from the USS Paul Hamilton explaining how crew members told him it was as bright as day due to the strength of the beam. So new reports coming forward, Dave, pretty incredible stuff. And getting the firsthand witness events, um, his quotes is pretty incredible and compelling stuff. There's more here in the article that we can cover, but what is your first take on this eyewitness series of events? Well, I believe the eyewitness is still a part of the U.S. Navy, is he not? That is correct. He is active. And, and I'm actually quite surprised that he got permission, because he would have had to get permission. Please correct me if I'm wrong. He would have had to get permission to talk about this stuff if it's confidential, especially with his position, because he's high-ranking in the Navy, right. I believe. And he's 
he's very clear in this that um, this is not a conflict of interest. He's never signed an NDA. This is not confidential information. This is only his opinion on events. And so for people that want all the details, I encourage you to go and check out Weaponized, another podcast that's available where you can hear the full details and the explanation of how he's able to do this without any repercussions. And in fact, he has stated that there aren't a lot of repercussions that he himself has had to go through. In fact, he's seeing a lot of support, um, which is encouraging to other witnesses that are interested in coming forward. Well, you know what? If somebody of his rank can can do this and not, uh, you know, and talk about it outside of NDAs, we are going to see a lot more. And I hope we do. The question is, how many are going to be brave enough to go public? You know, that's that's the big thing. Random guy says if they weren't testing something, he can talk about it, which is which is kind of cool. You know, yeah. but once again, my concern with it all and I think these reports that are going to come out from the military, from witnesses or whistleblowers, whatever you want to call them, they are important. They are very important. Okay. But it's still not the be all and end all of what is going on with the phenomena and how it's happening. And that is still my concern with everything is how we are keeping this, well, to use the podcast name, weaponized. I don't think this is a weaponized subject. No, I agree with you, but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And I think that um, perhaps podcasts like, um, like this and also merged from Ryan Graves, where also witnesses are being interviewed, perhaps at some point, this will be a data point, um, perhaps from a public perspective data point that we can point to and say, hey, this is a collective group of information because we are expecting 45 episodes of Weaponized coming from Corbell and Knapp. That's fine, but a a collective data point for whom? All of us. Is it just for for them getting the information out there, which I'm very cool with, because we do the same thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And or is it part of something bigger that we don't know about? Look, there's all these internal connections that are being made. Okay, but who who are these? Uh, are they going to have 45 people come out? And trust me, I trust George Knapp. I really do. I realize there's a lot of people in the UFO community who question his ethics and everything. Not me. I, I am a big George Knapp fan, okay? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the beard of knowledge on this subject is is phenomenal. It really is. But I really do believe, my friend, that, you know, when these whistleblowers come out, why are they coming out? Okay? who yeah. how, how did they get a hold of them? Who's giving them a list of whom to talk to? Because, look, a lot of uh, the one thing that I have learned in dealing with military people or alphabet people is they really watch who they can trust and who they can't. Look at random guy when he said, I'm flying to Vegas. Come meet me there. Okay, he didn't trust us. He didn't know us. But now random guy trusts us. But how many warnings do we still get? Don't ask me this. Be careful with that. 
It's a, it's every conversation. And I don't blame him because of the secrecy of whatever he knows. And that's Absolutely. so. So my question is, who is feeding them the people? Is it Chris Mellon? Is it Lou Elizondo? Is it Enigma Labs? Is it Ryan Graves? Is it somebody who is close to uh, the military that they've been building these sources for a while? Who's feeding them? And how many more are they going to have? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Please don't don't quote me on it being a bad thing. What I'm questioning for all of us is who is allowing these people to come out to them? Who's provided a list of people who will talk? That's the interesting question I have. Yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely a quote-unquote mechanism at work here because we've seen historically quite a lot of information coming from Corbell and his team, uh, TTSA, historically, uh, Elizondo and his team. And so it is a reliable source that has been um, verified by the Pentagon as the materials being real, which is what the public cares about. Now, we don't know what the material is about or of, but that is up to us to consider. And I feel like this is just one more data point for us to consider. However, there is no um, political standpoint here. This is very much an independent release. Um, and, you know, the fact is that it's usually a, a release that is instantly public. It can't be retracted. It can't be changed. It's out there in the public purview. The same information that you and I get uh, Congress potentially could get if they wanted to review it. If they were looking for the information, it's very easily accessible. And I think that part of the problem with real information is that it's not easily accessible. So, or e even that, even understandable on a public level. So when you get something like this, it's very easily understood. Um, you know, I feel like having George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell there asking the questions kind of as the public is very helpful because a lot of the questions I have get asked in that Q&A. So I love the dynamic. I love the transparency. I love the fact that we get it at the same time as the whole world. And I feel like more whistleblowers are encouraged this way because there must be some sort of buddy system. There's definitely trust. There is protection. They publicly come out saying that we're going to have whistleblower protection. Think about what would happen if there was any kickback. That would instantly hit mainstream media. This person is very much protected the more the public they are, in my personal belief. Well, I, I agree. I think anybody who goes public is very much protected in the public eye. But, I mean, there still could be ramifications. So, like I said to you, I am just wondering, you know, where are all of a sudden the, all of these people coming from and how did they get that list? Maybe I'm saying it out of jealousy because I would love to get some of those people on our show for that list. But somebody has handed them a list of names of people who will talk, whether or not they have have uh, used the whistleblower protection or not. We don't know. All right. But that's just the way it is. That's just the way that's the way it is potentially. Yeah, I've also heard the quote buddy system, you know, where somebody is successfully whistleblowing on something 
and um, they may have been related to uh, one or two degrees of separation from a story. And so they're encouraged because their friend is having success. And so they draw them into that same crowd. So it's, it's kind of like the buddy system is getting working because that circle is growing exponentially. Every time we have new whistleblowers coming, their group and their experience is now public. So more people from that experience feel like it's okay to come out. But let me ask you this. We got 90 seconds to go here. What's the difference between a military anecdotal story and yours or my anecdotal story? Well, simply more than likely, not just one person is going to be witness to a military sighting, and there's going to be more than one data point. And it's hugely verifiable on a much grander level. Whereas your and my story is just you or me, even our family, hopefully one data point, but often anecdotal. And so the weight just isn't there. Now, does that mean it's less real or less significant? Absolutely not. It's just harder to evaluate without as much evidence. Well, you know what? I find it very interesting that many in the UFO community are willing to accept anecdotal evidence from someone who is on a military ship or in the Air Force, but they're not willing to take anecdotal evidence from, say, a group sighting or the Phoenix Lights or whatever it may be. It's the same damn thing, Tim. And I agree with you on the data points. I do. Okay, I'm not arguing that at all. Okay, anecdotal stories are anecdotal stories. If you're buying one, buy most of them because the people out there who've had the experience are 99.9% being honest with you. When we come back on the UFO reports, little Timmy Senor is going to take us for a journey about Lou Elizondo and Tom DeLong. Yeah, they got in a little heat over this about the Italian helicopter way back in the day. We'll talk about that next as the UFO report continues on Spaced Out Radio next. That was good. That was good. Fun, fun stuff. Little Timmy Senor. So much stuff. Do we know if random? Do we know if random guys joining us after? I do not. He, you know, let's see. He's been signaling me here, so let's see. Getting some ha-has. He might be available. Should we for after show? Should we ask random guy to come in after the top of the hour? We should put it to a popular vote in the chat. Everyone put in a number one for a yes, a number two for a no. Or they could just say yes or no, you know. Yeah. Who wants random guy after uh, we (laughs) go off the radio side and just sitting on YouTube? Who needs some random guy love? Big Daddy's Daytona does. Seti Rowe does not. Caroline and Susie B do. (laughs) Crystal and Search and Destroy want him. Overlander does not. Midnight Sasquatchers. Michael Leger. Pete Person does. Hey, Pete Person. Hey, Brian G. How are you? I guess uh, they want some. Uh, they want some random guy. Hey, Tokeland. How you doing, buddy? RG is eating these stats up. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet you he's. I bet you he's quickly ran to the mirror and started flexing. Guaranteed. 
He's yeah. putting, deciding which wig to put on. Oh, random guy, <laughs> random guy's wig selection. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh, I love it. All right, I'll. Of course, send- his camera will be dark as night. I'll send him the link here. Uh, one second. I always forget where I send the link to. Oh yeah. Random guy send on Twitter. Send it to YJ. Send it to YJ. There he is. When we hit the top of the hour, random guy will pop in. Random guy is becoming kind of popular here. He should. Dude is awesome. He's loads of fun in person, too. Oh, yeah. You forget that he could snap you like a twig. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Random guy's a big dude. He's a big dude. But his smile is bigger, so it's all good. Oh, stop kissing ass right now. He could. Well, he's the sweetest dude, but yeah, he's intimidating at first. You're like, and then you're like, oh. I okay. mean, li- literally, when he walks, when he walks through the door, and he's wearing his his Rambo vest that has about sixty eight guns and knives on it. You know. Right, and you roll in with him, and he's like, "There might be some guns somewhere." Yeah, like, he's, got like, on he's got like seventy-eight guns. Driving in his it is uh, fully loaded and armored Humvee, mystery machine. Yeah, yeah, painted like the Humvee, painted like the mystery machine. It's got a you know a thirty cal machine gun sitting on top. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's Vegas, so you could burst into flames at any moment. Just from Ab- the temperature. absolutely, you yeah. know. 118 degrees outside. That 30 cal is hot, hot, hot. Katrina Milbrad, how are you? Good evening. Wes H. Good evening. All right, it's time for me to say uh, thank you to all of our super chatters tonight. Derek times two. Greg, the scowling Greg O'Brien. LM with a hat trick. Jenny, Zen two. Jeff. Kira and Deb, thank you so much. Uh, random guy says, I'm dead. It, 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 dude, it's it, honestly, it, it's it's the, uh, it's the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the Humvee with the, you know, the, you know, 72 machine guns. Cyber bump. Text me. You guys are killing me. 72 machine guns. Hey, Rambo. Hey, yo. He wears a red hand, uh, ba- a headband, too. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. That's pretty good. Hey, yo. Adrian. That was pretty good. <clears throat> that was some good Stallone you just did there. All right. Come meet Random Guy at our Vegas party, May 19th through 21st. He will be signing Random Guy autographs. If you dare. Yeah. I wonder if El, El- Ovni is going to show up there and deal with that. Uh, I don't know. Somebody, I actually, there, like the other day, I actually heard uh, El Ovni training. I heard him training. All right. Okay. Here so we go, Tim. We got three seconds. Cool. All right. 
We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the UFO report. Tim Senor is back, and we're going to talk a little Tom DeLong and Lou Elizondo news about an Italian helicopter that was allegedly destroyed by a UFO in 2004. What, what's going on here, Tim? And why is this story coming back? Yeah. Well, so former director of ATIP, Luis Elizondo, and Tom DeLong paid a visit to Rome where they discovered shocking new details about the 2004 Sicily UFO attack. And so the lieutenant of Italian Navy's special forces shared a story about a series of spontaneous fires in Sicily in 2004 and how a UFO approached a helicopter and fired a beam, which forced the pilots to make an emergency landing. And so the craft appeared. And so this is a quote from the lieutenant colonel who shared the story with Elizondo. And the quote is as follows. In 2004 in Sicily, a craft appeared a few hundred meters behind the copter tail, and it shot an electromagnetic ray that destroyed the helicopter's wings. And the signal was absolutely directional. It was a beam, and on a certain band of frequencies, in fact. Then we discovered... Oops, hold on one moment here. Then we discovered that when they use their energy weapons, they must go outside stealth mode. We could see them on a certain band of electromagnetic frequencies. You could use the same frequency to provide a radio beacon to call them, to attract them, and to show them that we have understood their technology. So once the helicopter approached the coordinates, the UFO revealed itself coming out of stealth mode, and officials said that the helicopter was chased by a saucer-shaped UAP that shot a powerful, focused electromagnetic beam at its rotors. It fried them, enough to disable the helicopter and force it to crash land. They figured out that the source of the spontaneous fires was an electromagnetic frequency from the sea, about 80 kilometers offshore and deep underwater. This really surprised Elizondo, and he was quite aware of these underrated sightings, but furthering this information, they said that they pointed, that they were very pointed in a matter of fact, that these things had been kind of plaguing them for some time. One individual in particular provided some very, very detailed information to include some analysis on the frequency. And in this quote, he says, I hate to say it, but they may have more information than we do, even in the U.S. potentially. So another incident involving this came out even later, but this is pretty incredible stuff. And now it seems like they actually have photographs of the remnants left of this damaged helicopter. And so we may be even getting some 
portions of this for analysis. So Dave, do you have any opinion on this story? I know that you probably were aware of it before, but um, this is pretty interesting stuff. And um, they further say that had any foreign adversary attacked a military helicopter of another nation, that could surely be a sign of aggression and maybe potentially an act of war. So it's a big deal. And Elizondo continued to say that the world, the world militaries are engaged in combat with UFOs, question mark. It was not the first time a UFO attacked man made crafts and missiles. Well, look, very here, interesting. Look here. There, there's a couple of, of sides to this. There's a side that says that this is a real UFO crashing into a real helicopter. But there were also another a bunch of doubting Thomases out there who believed that this was something that was made up, that the helicopter actually had mechanical failure and went into a tailspin or a rudder spin and, and ended up crashing and that the UFO had nothing to do with it. Look, I don't know what the story is, whether it's true a UFO crashed through it or not. The one thing that I do know is... This is one way, if it is real, to really promote the threat narrative. We haven't had any incidents that we know of or that have gone public in North America. We have the Canadian government, thanks to the Department of National Defense, uh, telling politicians up in Canada that there is no threat narrative from UFOs to air the skies above Canada. There is none. Now... We know Elizondo, we know his crew, going back right from TTSA until he left the To The Stars Academy, have been pushing the threat narrative. We know that that narrative has made it into Washington, D.C., and with the the six uh, uh, branches of the military, the politicians, the alphabet agencies, because we know, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, threats equal money for research, for development, for technology, and we're talking billions. There's a lot of zeros on there. I stand with the fact that there's a lot of people better than me who have seen that video, who have debunked it, and said the helicopter was not hit by a UFO. That's the way I am leaning, and I am leaning that way because of my belief that there is no threat narrative and that we are being played on a threat narrative. So, once again, I am not sure because I've never seen the full video, but other people who have, it makes it interesting. Your thoughts, Tim? It does, it does. And, um, I mean, I don't want to discount the witnesses that came forward and talked to Elizondo about what they saw because I think that that is probably as significant perhaps as any video or photographs or radar. You know, I think that's another important piece of information, what the witnesses and the people that were interacting saw and had an experience with. But um, I also would love to highlight the fact that they have discarded the fact that there are potentially cases where UFO have interacted and created health issues for people. John Burroughs was just awarded his significant insurance claim based on radiation sickness due to his interaction oh, with the UFO. I'm not saying it doesn't and have so, anything to do with that. Tim. Right. 
and all, well, I'm saying so now, but I'm just trying to dig into the highlights because remember in our UFO report that we just got, it highlighted the fact that these details, there was nothing historically about health. There was nothing historically about interaction where these things are creating crashes or aviation hazards. So what I'm seeing now is little blurbs and witnesses coming out with, actually, let me rebut that. There are cases, it may be one or two, they may be, you know, semi-rebuttable, if you will, you know, we, it's not an ironclad case, but there are cases. And I just think that they should be identified. Now, are they, should we interpret it as aggressive behavior? Absolutely not. And, and I don't think that that's what it is. I'm simply saying that as there is space debris out there, there are also UFOs. And I think that those are the kind of considerations that should be taken in um, just that we just need to be aware of them. Do you know what I mean by that? I, I, I'm just trying to soften it because it seems like we're getting these cases in direct rebuttal no, no, of I, that I, recent UAP report. No, no, I, I understand with where you're going with that. I do. Okay, I understand where where it's heading, and, and I think it's important to go there. But we don't know a threat. Okay, there's a lot of technology around here that causes radiation. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden somebody shouldn't be, uh, you know, compensated for putting their, their body on the line. I mean, imagine working at some of these secret bases that are out there with the chemicals that they use, those or, or whatever it may be, you know, I mean, we're dealing with, we're, we're dealing with, you know, where people are putting their bodies on the line at all times. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely right. So I don't really understand, you know, like I said, until that video is fully released and all of us can see it, we can make our own judgment. But once again, we're talking anecdotal words here. Anecdotal words. Indeed. Indeed. And that's why we need to get all the information and so this case could have easily slept, you know, slipped between the cracks and just been disregarded. But there are witnesses that wanted to press it forward. Elizondo and his team felt it was, was important. And so we are reengaging with this case in particular simply because of the potential remnants from the case. And so the surfacing photograph and potential actual uh, physical evidence from this interaction should be investigated and can be investigated. And I think that would be the obvious next step if it hasn't already taken place. Well, we will see. Let's get to the final one here because I don't want to miss out on this one tonight. And this is Spotted a UFO. There's a bunch of new apps coming out about this and 10 objects commonly mistaken for UFOs. What do you think here? This comes from from your favorite group. It does. It does. And so Enigma Labs is back in the news with its new release of an app. So now if you would like to report your sightings to Enigma Labs, you can do it very simply in a one-stop app. Um, Now, SOR does not in any way condone the use of this app. We are just reporting on it. In this new app release, there are the 10 objects commonly mistaken for UAP. And I find that this is actually significant and useful. And so let's just run through it very quickly. And so I'll just highlight in order what 
Enigma Labs considers the most commonly mistaken objects in our skies for UFO. Number one being orbital objects, the ISS and satellites, very obviously in often mistaken, moving lights moving together in predictable continuous movements may fluctuate in brightness. And number two, multiple lights floating, military flares, paper lanterns. Um, And so that can often look confusing because it's multiple lights, sometimes in a row, flickering and eventually fading out, often occurring high in the sky and might initially appear motionless. And so number three being rockets. Repeat that one. Repeat that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, paper lanterns being multiple lights, sometimes in a row, flicker and eventually fade out. I thought you said something else there. Okay, move on. Occur high in the sky might initially appear motionless. Uh, Number three being rockets, which I have witnessed uh, a pink, perhaps spiral in the sky when I was a young boy. Large glowing streaks moving quickly and move on a consistent path. Number four being aircraft and contrails and aircraft. Uh, Very obviously potentially seen very often reflective blinking lights move on consistent path appear in a triangle pattern and parts of a plane potentially not visible, but uh, often mistaken. So uh, number five being drones. And this is a very tricky one because it is relatively new. And so it's harder to detail, but small and tend to fly, fly close to the ground in smaller range. They can move quickly and in di- different directions and often have several colored lights Um, but uh, if they're close enough, they have rotors and a buzzing sound often heard. Number six being objects burning up in our atmosphere, meteorites and space debris. And uh, this would be a little bit more obvious, but if you've never seen one before, it can appear as a fireball moving in a trajectory and usually burn out quickly, appear high in the sky. Number seven being weather phenomenon, and I'm always surprised when I see photographs of clouds, uh, but sure enough, we get a lot of photographs of clouds being considered UFO. Uh, Number eight is balloons, and so this is now being considered uh, something that we need to rule out. Uh, Small, appear alone, seen in the daylight, and often in odd shapes. Number nine is searchlights, and this was obviously added because the version that they have here is from the very recent Wisconsin lights as their uh, depiction. And so it says moves in a circular pattern and always appears on clouds, of course. And so the final one is number 10 being camera artifacts meaning glare, uh, obviously things like that within the photograph itself being a photographic mistake. And then birds and bees, which obviously can move so quickly in front of the lens that can appear like a UFO or something interesting. But strange things not seen by the naked eye, but noticed in a cell phone photo after taken uh, or camera effects appear as lights in the photo. Birds and bees can appear as large blurry shapes in the photo. Gee, I don't know if I've ever mistaken a bee or a hornet or a wasp for a UFO. Thank you, Enigma, for that enlightening list. I was hoping they were going to put the one on there because I was going to, I was going to absolutely trounce on it, and that is, you know, uh, iridium flares, right, or sunshine, you know, when you see the lights, all of a sudden go, 
Right. I was going to jump all over that one because that maybe, but from my experiences, not at all. All right. That's enough about them. We do know, though, I got something for you here, a little gift for you, my friend. Yay. And apparently this has been put out by, hmm, I'm just going to read a portion of it. Okay, because I don't know if I'm supposed to have this or not, but I do. Okay, and apparently there are people within MUFON who are curious about the app, and they want to announce that their map app is now available as of February 10th on Google Play and Apple App Store to help combat Enigma Labs, who as they put it, is owned by a millionaire and getting a $7 million grant from billionaire Peter Thiel, who owns Palantir, an intelligent software company doing business with the DOD. But but hold on. Weren't we told by Alejandro Rojas on Twitter that Enigma Labs has no affiliation with government or government contracts? Hmm. Hmm. And they want to buy the public to bypass New Fork and MUFON and other UFO reporting sites to go directly to Enigma. And they have already claimed that they have had a 400,000 case database, but apparently that number's down to 300,000. That's for Enigma. Yeah. And MUFON wants to know why Enigma's database is not viewable to the public. Why would any, as they, and this is a quote from this person, why would anyone want to submit a UFO report to a black hole? Rumor is that it is CIA backed to thwart the Arrow program as well as MUFON and Peter Davenport, who's like 105 years old. And I mean that with all due respect to Peter because he is a class, class individual who keeps it all free. Yeah. Wow. MUFON app. MUFON app. I I don't know how to feel about that. I, I feel the same as I do about the Enigma app. I feel nothing. <laughs> I am um, both surprised, excited, and ashamed. <laughs> look, I have a mix of emotions. Look, I'm just going to tell our listeners right now, don't download any UFO apps. Until we get a clearer picture of the games that are being played in Washington, D.C., and who is siding with who, don't put this crap on your phone. Okay? (laughs) Okay? We already know Facebook is tracking us. Otherwise, by the way, let's do a little test here. Potato chips. Potato chips. Potato chips. Yeah, all my ads are now going to be potato chips on my (laughs) phone on Facebook. Let's see how long Woody so, Allen famously said, he goes, I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. But the point that I'm getting at is this. Let us not jump to the thing, well, hey, these apps work. These apps are good. They're good for me. I can report things. Remember where your information is going, people. Remember where Indeed. it's going. And Enigma hasn't told you anywhere where their information is going. Potato chips. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. 
but that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Well, where do you recommend people to go and report? What, where do I? Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. Hold How on to you share your, hold yeah. on to your reports. Look, you don't need to get them out today. You can hold on to it for six months, a year. Let us clear the air. If you trust the work that we are doing here on Spaced Out Radio, and we've been hammering this over the last couple of weeks, okay? Let's get things organized, all right? Right now, we got a bunch of fires burning. We got to put some of them out before we. I would confidently back anybody regarding this. I don't feel comfortable. If I had my own stories, Tim, would not report them. Or if you want to report it, just put your report on your own Facebook page or Instagram. Just type it out. That's all you got to do. Timmy Sinor, thank you so much for a wonderful UFO report. Appreciate you, my friend. You are always on tune and on target, even if you look like Howie Mandel and you're not funny, though. Uh, I know. I know. I wish I had your good looks. Thank you tonight, Swamp Dweller, for coming on in with another spooky story. And Brian Stavely, our guest. Literally lit up the first two hours. Talking about the Mandela effect, making you think. Oh, is the brain hurting after that one? Thank you, Brian. Love you, man. What a good night of radio for y'all. I had a lot of fun, too. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. For the guitar god himself, special thanks to everybody listening in, at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.